Welcome to First World Problems, the podcast, episode number 11, brought to you by Blood and Ink Records. You can visit them on the web at bloodandinkrecords.com. And we are sitting here on another remote recording location in the beautiful city of Huntington Beach. There we are. I know. I'm sorry. Well, you always sit across from me uh, with none other than... Do you, do you, like, people readily know your last name? My real last name? Yeah, your real last name. No. Okay. Do you want? Do you not want that out there? It doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't care. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Google already knows it. So. I know. Wikipedia does know yeah, it as well. Wikipedia does. It. Yes. So uh, we're sitting here with uh, Matt Shadows, or his real name, Matt Sanders, or M Sanders. M Sanders. That's <laughs> <laughs> the vocalist from. Uh, you you guys are platinum, gold, platinum, platinum. Couple records, platinum. That's Jeez. that's that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so we're sitting here with platinum recording artists. I never thought I'd say that on our podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, the vocalist from Events Grammy Sevenfold. not nominated. Uh, yeah, Sevenfold. You guys haven't been nominated? No, no. That's oh, a okay. joke, But no, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised because it seems like a category you probably would oh, get. We got the snub this year. It's all good. That's yeah. Aren't the metal ones always super weird though? You like, know what? The funny thing is, we didn't get. Um, we didn't. Um, you kind of have to. Put yourself um, in the categories you're willing to go for, and we didn't do metal. We went for rock, and the rock artists were a little. Oh, you actually have to like submit to be. Yeah, the labels oh, okay. do. Right, right. And that's kind of their game. Sure, they do that. But uh, the metal thing, they don't. The metal was like Iron Maiden won it, which is awesome. Right, it's respectable. Of obviously. course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we didn't. We didn't even go for that. But uh, we went for rock, and it was a little. Out of date, but that happens sometimes with yeah. the Grammys. Oh, the, the, no, the Grammys are never out of date. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> they're, they're, usually, they're usually the pulse of the youth culture. Yeah, yeah, I think the bands that were up were Stone Temple Pilots. Right. <laughs> this is no joke. Yeah. Um, Soundgarden, who released an old song. Right. <laughs> who didn't even put out a record. <laughs> and Tom Petty. Right. He is. And Neil Young. Wow. So those were the Fing- fingers on the pulse. Yeah. Contemporary yeah. rock music. Right. Yeah. I could easily see where Avenged Sevenfold would walk in line with what Neil Young is doing. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you have any strong opinions on the record of the year? Um, you know what? It's it's a weird thing because we've I have nothing bad to say about the record of the year because I think it's a good record, it's decent, but um I wouldn't give it record of the year, not even close. Yeah. Um I think there's a lot of records that made much bigger of an impact i think if certain bands other bands had as much press as arcade fire has had they should be selling millions of records yeah and um to be selling the same amount as avenge sevenfold with none of that press it to me it's kind of like it's it, i mean but at the same time people will go oh what are you gonna is it a popularity contest it's a grammy's popularity contest you can give it to eminem because he sold the most records i don't think that's right yeah but i also think that there's big records that have made an impact and i think um the Arcade Fire record was, it's a decent record that is for the, you know, the, the, the class of people that, sure. that want to think they're cool. Class. The, indie, the, the, <laughs> the, the indie hipsters, we can just indie go ahead and say it. Yeah. Yes, of course. And, and it's like, okay, well, you got, album of the year, cool. Right, it's, right. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, I was, that was funny. Like the following morning, how obviously a lot of people, who's back, Arcade, ArcadeFire.com. The backlash on the internet was basically like. Who is this band? I've never even heard of them before. And it's like... And I don't think you have to have heard of them to get album of the year. Right. That's my other... Like, that's why I'm, I'm in between, you know? Right. And that's not the kind of music that I love to listen to, so sure. I'm not, I can't sit there and say it's a bad record. And I can't sit there and say it's a great record because it's... Right. Well, it's it, it's not up your alley. It's not something not that you... Not alley. Right. <laughs> so I'm not hating. It's not Old Strung Out. Yeah. It's not Old Strung Out. <laughs> old Strung Out is awesome. I could talk about it for hours. 
I love strung out. So yes, Matt, thank you very much for being a guest. That's a good intro. I know that was a really good intro. Thank you for oh, well, thank you for coming to your house. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Dude. Yes, it's good to be here and talk to some old friends. You know? Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, a context for people that you know may be like, hey, why is it? Why are you guys talking to Matt Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold? Like, where does this even make any sense whatsoever? Uh, I've known Matt for years because my old band Taken played with Avenged Sevenfold. We headlined over Avenged Sevenfold. I was there, <laughs> which is just so funny to think about now. We blew us off the stage. Yeah, we just we blew him off the stage. Well, they, you guys didn't have pyrotechnics back then, and we did. Well, we had so. a fog machine though. That's <laughs> <laughs> you were already you are it was a precursor for what you do now oh, yeah. yeah yeah but um so yeah we just knew him from back in those days and uh yeah so that's matt's connection with independent music while many people may look at it now and be like well these dudes are just a mainstream metal band like where'd they come from so that's not true <laughs> yeah those are assholes so um yeah we'll uh, go ahead and dig right into the show and uh people should visit our new website fwppodcast.com right scott it's not up yet I, oh well it, it, it should be up by the time the show's up okay am i right yeah <laughs> scott scott's technical i'm, I'm hoping movie. it was up about two weeks ago <laughs> right because technically the last episode we introduced it so i, I hope it goes up pretty quickly okay <laughs> me, me too <laughs> That's good to know. And also, uh, people should... Uh, I've noticed... I mean, our downloads are, are... They vary. So, you people should do something and subscribe to the show so you can get this amazing content all the time. Um, as every new show posts, you'll you'll get it downloaded straight to your iTunes. Um, so, yeah, keep that coming because uh, we definitely want you to keep listening. So, do that. Subscribe. Don't fuck up. Uh, now, we'll move on to our quick hit section. <laughs> we make stupid noises before a quick hit nice. section. Kind of, kind of faded out though, and you're, we, just trying, you're just keeping it alive. I know. I'm, I'm Thanks, trying. Right. Well, never, I feel, never let the dream die. I feel like we need some pre-recorded bit to put in there, like cheesy A or FM talk radio. How much? Like you guys have probably done like 100,000 FM morning show interviews. Mm-hmm. Are, are they as annoying as it's like, you know, hey, you're with fucking Joe Blow in the zoo. Like, what? how are you doing this morning, well, Matt? Well, the biggest trip is when you meet the people at first and they're totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, what's up? Thank, thanks for calling in. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming in, man. And they're like, <laughs> and they go crazy. And you're right. like, what? And they kinda, then they kind of like... You know, they have, like, that edge to them where they're trying to, like, get a little bit of controversy, and all of a sudden they're asking these weird questions, and you're like, we're... Right. That wasn't even close to the deal when we walked in. But a lot of those guys are really cool, you know? They just have... They have a job. Of course. On-air personalities, but it's... Yeah. It's definitely a a trip sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's just that... I mean, I know, like, tons of stand-up comedians that have to do the rounds. Like, you know, they do the same things as bands, so, like... The David Cross bit's my favorite. Yeah, David Cross and, like, Patton Oswalt. Like, a lot of those comedians are just, like, you know... We they hate doing it because it's like you know it's seven in the morning and they're like you know yeah, just wait right and they're just waking and up. These guys are already so on. <laughs> they haven't gone to sleep from the night before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so needless to say that we probably should bring in an FM radio dude to do the uh, called Bean. Right. See what he's up to. <laughs> That's good. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, quick hit section is basically just a recommendation on anything. Going on in our life, like this beautiful fruit bowl sitting in front of me. Is that that's all real fruit? Oh, absolutely not. 
I was going to say, I was like, no, this no, looks, it's real fruit. It's real I was going to say that it looks real. Yeah. Like, I, I was like, there's even stickers on it. Like, that has to be real. I would, I would actually Can you imagine that. If they put stickers, stickers. <laughs> I, would, I would call that a cornucopia of fruit. So, anyways. Those are little bananas, too. Yeah. Very, that's very fifth grade of you. Yeah, thank you. Can we I, all make cornucopias, cornucopias when we're in fifth grade? In Thanksgiving, yeah. You, yeah. I think you made them like a, a paper, just construction paper, or yeah. maybe paper mache if you're crazy. Fancy school. Never made one since. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a public school. No, you yeah. didn't do that. Did Would you go to private school? Uh, oh yeah, I did. I went to private elementary school. Where did you go? You went to university. I'm just kidding. It's for high school. <laughs> Continue. You didn't go to a private school. No. No. Never. You went to public. Yep. You went to public. Private. Oh, private. Private for the first six till sixth grade. Oh, okay. And then and then you got, got on. The, I got the boot. Then you got the boot because <laughs> you got the hand tattoo. No. <laughs> The forehead tattoo. Right. <laughs> that's that's the exclusive reveal on this show. Is yeah. Matt now has a forehead tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> you guys may not see it in some of the upcoming photo shoots, but lots of makeup. It's the, it's definitely there. Um, so yeah, we'll dive right in. Scott, do you have your uh, your quick hit ready for the uh, the episode? I do. It's a record by a band called Glasser from New York. And Spell record. it. Spell it, please. G L A S S E R. Okay. For fans of uh, Bjork. Okay. Female vocalist? Female vocalist. Okay. So she's incredibly annoying. <laughs> um, Does she wear weird swan outfits? No. Okay. But it's cool. For whatever reason, I don't know how this works, okay. but all the instruments are run through a computer. So the guitar is actually making like beats and drum noises. and. Okay. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. Check it out. So they, re- they record in a garage band? Pretty <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just like I, us. I can't wait to review this record. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a one. I hate all of <laughs> and it, and uh, we'll preface this as well. Matt Scott is definitely um, he. Some people refer to him as a whipping boy. Occasionally, we mm-hmm. we tend to make fun of him because he is uh, he's he's younger than all of us. Um, but he acts like he's. I mean, what would you say your your maturity levels at age wise? You're up there. More than you, Ray. <laughs> I know. I cl- I know more than me. Like he's probably like a forty-five-year-old man, okay. but just like on the level, you know. I can see that. It's like he doesn't like. I'm surprised he Not should. Even gonna react right now. I know. I'm surprised he even does the podcast because this no, is obviously. He, believe me, I've thought long and hard quit about all this. the time. <laughs> this is just kid shit. This is a weekly pain thing. I we don't do it every week, Scott. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, thank thank you for that recommend. Is, is it? Don't, worry, don't, it, don't even bother. I, who, wait. Real question. Yeah. yeah. Who put it out? It's whatever Matador's like feeder label is. They have a feeder label? True Panther. Never heard of that. True Panther? That's a good name. That is a good name. (laughs) Interesting. All right. Well, then, uh, for people that like Bjork, I guess check Bjork and computers. Not all of you. Scott, I was kind of just being a dick, but that actually sounds like it could be interesting. Yeah. I can play it right now. Maybe when we take a break. Okay. (laughs) Maybe if we're doing an audio podcast, not the video. We got to figure that out. No, we're doing a a video for this one. Mm. Just kidding. All right, Matt. Yeah, I would love to hear what your what your quick hit is. What you'd like to recommend to the uh... wait? I have one that's very important that I forgot. Please, Starbucks <laughs> has introduced something called a pop. Oh yeah, I uh, need to have try. Have you had one. this? No. Are you much of a sweet guy though, Matt? I can be. You can. This is called. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, <laughs> is it? <laughs> the crinkling noise is really good. Yeah, basically. Obviously, you can't see this, but it's like a pink golf ball on a stick. You know what it really looks like? It, uh, <laughs> it, it looks like a human testicle sprinkled with... That's actually just freshly shaved. I, take a bite, Ray. 
I will take a bite. This is uh, Scott when we went to Starbucks to pick up some because we are sponsored by Starbucks. I don't know if we told you this, Matt, but we can hook you up if you if you oh, if Avenged Sevenfold wants Should've them. Should have bought them for everybody. Yeah, it's really oh, I know. this is not this really is stupid. They look great, guys. Did you did you want to share it and we like meet in the middle? No, thank you. Oh, this is, <laughs> Wyatt, are you really gonna eat? Okay, Wyatt. Is it like you know, cake? It's like birthday cake. Um, wow, it's supposed stick. to be. It's uh, it's like a dollar or dollar fifty or something. That's pretty good. Not gonna lie, it's like one hundred and fifty calories. Well, Starbucks. Everything's That's true. Good there. That's very true. Breakfast is phenomenal. Yeah, coffee's great. I know we were we were we were getting in discussion over lunch about that. How yeah. you fully back Starbucks? I back were, all nice coffee establishments. Yeah, I like coffee bean. Okay, love Starbucks. Have you ever had the? Um, you want to ask him the uh, coffee snob question that you occasionally chime in with? Yeah, do you have any thoughts about like boutique coffee places? Like, like in San Francisco or like in Tallahassee and LA? Any kind of rich, uh, strong coffee I, I love. Okay. I'm just a coffee lover. Got it. Do you do your own? Like, yeah. do you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You got the French press and everything. What's your hardware like? My, my wife. Uh, <laughs> my wife's got her whole devices over there. They're probably hidden right now since you guys are coming over. Right. But. <laughs> She makes some strong coffee. Okay, but that's how I like it. So caffeine. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, but but the thing is, I'll, I'll drink a non-caffeine cup before I go to bed. Just yeah, I, that's how much I love coffee. Right. I noticed you getting a tall one. I was like, I well, consciously try to drink half and half. Yeah. Well, I, I usually wake up at like two, to be honest, because I play Call of Duty all night. <laughs> okay. Which gets us into our quick hit. Right. <laughs> yes. Nice segue. That, God, it's it's like we meant to do that. Yeah. We, we can tell you've done this before. <laughs> yeah. This this isn't Matt's first rodeo. Quick hit. <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops. Yeah, so that that's that is your quick hit. Well, you know, there's a lot of things I'm into right now, but that's the one constant in my life that <laughs> I have to say. Is Besides my band, my wife. <laughs> every day, I mean, every day, uh, getting deeper and deeper into this game, I I'm really into the. Just the fine tuning they did to it, and the improvements they did on Modern Warfare Two. So yeah, I'm into it. I love it. Multiplayer, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, do, I mean the campaign beat in eight gone. hours. You know. Right. Yeah. Do, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably beat it in ten. I beat yeah. it in right. six. <laughs> do you do you pwn noobs on it? I try not to. Right. I try to play the highest level clans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you in a clan? Yeah, of course. Do you um do you also use uh, the mics? Like, do you talk to kids or like? Oh yeah, I mean we're I mean I we have all our headsets and we okay. have TVs just for it and like nice. low input lag, all sorts of things. We're into it. <laughs> are, are you um are you you on there? Or are you uh, no? Okay, yeah. No one gonna... knows my gamer tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see if we can give it away here. Yeah. Well, everyone would hate me if they did. Yeah, that's because we just talk so much shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, you know, it's very true. Yeah, and I'm sure I, your gamer tag isn't A7X fan. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. You like go in covert yeah. and yeah. you name it something that people yeah. have no idea. Yeah, there's no way that guy would do that. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I agree. I enjoy I enjoy Black Ops. I, all four of us, uh, well, all three of us, we know you own it already, but all three of us. Have enjoyed it immensely as well. I retired though. Yeah, Scott is. Oh, a, really? He's yeah. a very compulsive person. So it's like he. You bought it twice now, right? Yeah. What have you moved on to? Working. Right. <laughs> that, Binary the, code. Right. That's the thing. He goes from he'll like if he gets that game, which he did, it would basically ruin my life. It deterred. He couldn't do anything but that. You'd play it for whatever hours. Yeah. I, I, the problem was I had finals coming up, so I like knew. Yeah. Got to get rid of this. <laughs> Then finals were over. 
and I got it again. Yeah. <laughs> repeated the cycle. Didn't get any work done. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you sit there and you play eight hours and you don't even think. You think it's two hours. Right. And it's just insane. Yeah. But that's the sign of a good game, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I back the quick hit. How, how many hours are you into it? Um, I think I have 16 hours or 16 days logged in on Black Ops. What is... That's not too bad. What does Michael have? My uh, my brother-in-law, I think, at one time, he was over 30 days, like yeah. a full month. For Black Ops? Uh, this was Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, I have 35 days on Modern Warfare 2 and that's 16 days. Touche. That's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, a lot of the guys on our clan are just yeah. up there. Right. <laughs> are these randoms that you've just met online? No. They're no. buds? Well, a lot of them... It's they're, really they're friends in real life. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them, it's really... It's IRL. Weird. I mean, we feel... I feel like... I have a situation where most people don't. I get to travel around and play shows, uh-huh. and then all these guys I've met now. Uh-huh. But a lot of them were friends of friends, mm-hmm. and then you're playing with them, and you get to know them over two years of playing yeah. first-person shooters. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, you get to meet. Hey, you want to be my best man? Yeah. And then you come to the show, and then it's like, oh, these. Guys, I mean, all of them are really cool in real life, and so yeah. you never know. You know? Oh yeah. Like, you really never know. That's really funny, and that I never thought about. I mean, obviously, in this day and age, where it's like. There are some times where we don't even talk, like, you know, we know people digitally for years, and then when you yeah. actually meet them, and then you, you're just like, huh, well, you were nothing like what I was expecting you to be. At oh, all. yeah. You're a 75-year-old old man. Right. <laughs> Little That'd kid, like awesome. 12-year-old. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> well, cool. Thank you, Matt. Joey? Yes. What is your quick hit? Uh, I'm also uh, recommending a record. Oh, okay. Uh, it is by a band called Birds in Row. Hmm, okay. Uh, the record, I believe, is called Cotbus. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Cockbus? Cot. C-O-T-T-B-U-S. Okay. They're from Paris, so it could be pronounced completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, it is coming out here on Vitriol Records. Okay. Which that's... is Justin from Graf Orlock and sure. other, hope a thousand other bands. <laughs> uh, but it's... If I had to describe it, it's Modern Life of the War meets um, Cursed. Oh. And they're a three-piece, and it's just pissed and just blisteringly heavy. It's blisteringly. It's it gives you blisters when you listen to it. Literally, okay. <laughs> sprouting blisters. <laughs> Sounds brutal. Uh, it's great. Nice. You would love it. Did you see them play? Or no. You just got it? Uh, past guest Jeremy from Touche More uh, uh-huh. told me about it, and uh, right now it's they have on their Bandcamp they have a free download for the record. Oh, okay. But I think pre-orders for the vinyl will be going up shortly. I'll have to check or it at out. This, at this time, it might already be up. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, Vitriol Records is doing the record in the States. Nice. Uh, and it's awesome. Sounds heavy. I'll ch- like you said, I probably will like that. So. And the fact that they're a three-piece. Three pieces just, are tough to pull off. So if it, yeah, that's, I don't know how they are live. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's not very many three-pieces I know that are. Diamond Malta, when they were three-piece. <laughs> majority rule. Like, <laughs> I can't think of any other three-pieces that are, like, heavy and loud. Heavy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Death from above 1979. That's true. Two piece. Two piece. That's very true. You see, they're back together. I did. They're playing Coachella. That's totally necessary. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, Dick. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Joey. Good quick hit. Thanks, Ray. I am not going to recommend the bowl of fruit, even though this looks absolutely spectacular. Even though the avocados aren't ripe I like yet, that but everything's yeah. small. Yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> my uh, my quick hit is a sports documentary that I watched last night. On the Fab Five, the uh, Michigan 
Wolverine's team of nineteen between nineteen ninety and ninety two. There was like um, Chris Webber, Jaleen Rose, like a lot of players that winded up playing in the NBA. Um, they just did a it was like a two hour documentary, basically because this was the first team that wore like baggy shorts, black socks, like they blew people's minds where it was like who the fuck are these kids and they were all it was five freshmen and that was the first time that five freshmen started for a division one school so um there was just so many like and i mean the team never won a championship they got to the finals twice but lost it twice but you know like historically as far as like you know statistically speaking like the team wasn't the best thing ever but they as a cultural touchstone where it was like these dudes blew people's minds. And like, that was right around the time that hip hop started to take over. So these guys, you know, were listening to, you know, NWA and all this stuff where it's like, everyone was terrified of these guys. Like they didn't want to play against them. They were the Raiders of college basketball. Totally. That's like the same sort of like uh, attitude that they brought to college basketball, you know, talking mad shit. It was a, it was a really cool look. One of the, uh, or really cool movie, one of the most interesting things was like, you know, these dudes were just college students. So it's like, they're literally they're living like college students where it's like, you know, they're having top ramen for dinner, like peanut butter and jelly. And it's like, they're, the university went from like, you know, the 1989 season where they actually won a division one championship. They were selling like maybe about two, two and a half million dollars worth of merchandise. The following year when the Fab Five, like these five freshmen started, it went their merchandise royalties went to ten million dollars. So it's like the, the the university and like Nike and all these people that were sponsoring them were making money hand over fist, and they were like these kids were right, and they were like, "Hey, could, could I borrow money to go see a movie?" And so it was like it brought this really weird dichotomy for kids who were like, "You're like I feel exploited in a way." Like obviously I know that I'm not a professional athlete, but you're treating me as such, and so it was. And it, I'm 19. <laughs> yeah. I hardly know what to do with my life. I mean, I know Chris Webber did. How many of them went off to the NBA? Uh, three of them, like after their sophomore year, three of them went to the NBA. And um, like Chris Webber and Deline Rose were the most, I guess, famous, you know, that actually did, that played for a while. And then no one plays anymore. Except, actually, no, that's not true. Juwan Howard, he plays for the Miami Heat now. And he's like in his like 14th or 15th season. 13th, I think. But, um, yeah, other than that, the rest of the guys don't play anymore. But regardless, if you're into, even if you just like documentaries in general, it's a really compelling documentary. Did you listen to the Bill Simmons podcast? I did, where he interviewed one of the guys, Jaleen Rose. Yeah. He was the he was the player that put it together. He's like an ESPN sportscaster now. So What was the, I don't know if you addressed this while I was on my break. Sure. <laughs> but wasn't there, like, players were refusing to play because they wanted to get paid? They they never refused to play, but they were like, uh, you know, when they would come out, like in their warm-ups and stuff, they would wear things that didn't have any logos on it because kind of going back to the fact that they were feeling exploited. Got it. So, yeah, they definitely tried yeah, to. Yeah, you're not going to pay them. And that was their attitude. Yeah. They were like, they were not trying to be like dicks about it, but they were just like, you are making money hand over fist. Education's and, priceless, right? Right. <laughs> and that's what they were saying where they were just like, we understand we're students and we're not expecting to get like, you know, a huge paycheck, but like help us out with something. So, well, if someone's going to make the money, it, yeah, I mean, they're human beings. Right. Exactly. And especially cause like Nike was a huge sponsor of them too. And they were like. You know, they had custom made shorts for them because they were like, you know, we don't want to wear the nut hugger shorts that everybody was wearing. The Dennis wearing. Rodman shorts. Right. Or like the John Stockton shorts. Like, you know, they didn't want that. And so, like, Nike was definitely, you know, like exploiting them. They made a shoe and they were like, cool. Like, they're using us to market this. So, 
it was just a really interesting look, and it especially like pushed forward how you know sports were viewed in the future. And you know, I mean, like they had tattoos, and people didn't have tattoos back then. So, anyways, all right, now we are on to the music review section of the show. I think my voice sounds the exact same every time I do those little intros. You do, you. It, Welcome I to First World Problems, <laughs> the podcast. Because I, I, I feel like we need some continuity in the sense of like... Yeah, no, sounding like a robot, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could actually sound like a robot. I think there's an effect on here that can sound Please like a robot. That. All right. Um, so yeah, music review section. Uh, we have a wide variety of records to uh, touch on this week, and we'll tackle it in alphabetical order as usual. And uh, the first one is the new release from Cold Cave called Cherish the Light Years. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of that. This is their second full length on Matador. So yeah, the, the biggest claim to fame for this band is the fact that it has uh, Wes Einsold? Isold. Isold from uh, American Nightmare, Give Up the Ghost, Some Girls, a bunch of hardcore-ish bands. Um, Some would say a legend. What's that? Some would say a legend. Oh, definitely a legend. Did you did you ever get into American Nightmare at all, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you know that he was the brainchild behind this? I knew it because you wrote it. Because I wrote it, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad I put it in context yeah. for you. For yeah, because otherwise a lot of people listen to this record and be like, well, I don't understand. Like, But knowing where it comes from, you're just like, oh, interesting. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of where, where things are at with uh, with Cold Cave. Some other all stars in this band, right? Uh, there's indie people. Who else is in this band, Scott? Yeah, Scott. No, I don't know. It's Mik- Mika Miko, right? Isn't that? Some- I have no idea. I think there's someone from that band. They're from LA. Cool. Never you know what I'm talking about? Meek. They're, I think they're like a garage band, like Miko. Yeah, they had their. They were in that whole like Vivian Girls. Yeah. And then they, yeah. they broke up a couple years ago. And Lars Ulrich from Metallica. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does drums on this record. Yeah, yeah. He just wanted to give back to the indie yeah. community, you know. Um, He's the last one we mentioned, though. Right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Joey. Yes. Do you want to you want to start things off with a bang? Sure. All right, let's do this. What do you think of the record? <sighs> Asshole. <laughs> it's, it's. I've listened to every Cold Game record. I was about to say, did you like like? I you, lo- you loved American Nightmare. I, yeah. I to this day still probably one of my favorite hardcore bands of all time. Okay. Um, the first Cold Cave record, Cold Cave record was you, you, I didn't I, I didn't go there yet. <laughs> Joey has all, Joey also has a tendency when he trips over a word he goes <laughs> yeah that's it something like that. It's more natural. <laughs> I know it is. Uh, the first one I didn't really like that much. Uh-huh. This one's a lot more listenable. Okay. I mean it's I guess dancier and I mean did you actually dance to it? No. Uh, <laughs> but did I like it? I don't think so. <laughs> that wow. That would like this, I, this is you sorting it out right now. It, like you I didn't know. No, so. that's right. the thing is I've, I've been every time I listen to it, I'm like, wow, this is actually kind of good. And then I keep listening to it, and I'm like, no, this isn't that good. Yeah. I think I no, I just don't think it's very good. I think okay. his voice is awful. Okay. All he's doing is this. 
right. for about 45 minutes. Do you, think he, do you think he has the infamous studio nose plugs that I like to reference? I think it's, just, I think it's natural. Yeah. I, it just... I think the only... I don't know. Whatever. This record's... It's better than the first, but it's not very good. Right. I mean, hipster kids are going to love it and shit their pants to it, but... Yeah. And, and dance. Or dance ironically, probably. They're going to have ironic mustaches and <laughs> just dance the night away he, with this. Because Wes lives in Brooklyn now, right? Sure. He's yeah. moved everywhere. I don't know where he lives anymore. Yeah. I think that's where he... I mean... He says what, that they're based out of now. Whatever that means. So, I mean, I don't... Yeah. I guess I'll just use the You're Scott. So t- it's okay. It's just not for me. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. You're so torn. I really am. And this thing is I kind of made my opinion, but I would still go back to listen to it. So maybe I'll grow to like it. Yeah. But I don't know if I ever listen to it after I'm done talking about it. Right. After our, our professional uh, journalism. Journalism yeah. is done here. We are journalists. <laughs> we are. So, man, whatever. All right. Uh, I'll go ahead and do mine, and then we'll throw it to Scott and Matt and see what they thought. Um, the Yeah, his vocals are, like, it bums me out to listen to it. Because it's, like, you know, a person that, like, comes from a band who I obviously, like, enjoyed in the past. And is like, hey, dude, you, like, you know. Like, honestly, I think he could put more aggression into it. Not like he ever. It doesn't sound like he's really trying. No. Let me chime in real quick. Please. The first record had a girl singing on about half the songs. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, there was was a lot. There was more girl vocals. And I liked the songs that she sang. And I think she only really comes out on the last song on this record. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Okay. Who is this girl? I don't know. The that's band? the fame. That's the girl from uh, Zuzu. This girl, from, people from is it Shushu? I thought it was Shushu. X I U X I U. Another indie band. Yeah. Yeah. But her, like those songs were cool on the first record. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. I'm just, hey, your review's over. Okay. One big whatever. <laughs> Hot potato red. Yeah, the uh, yeah. So it's like I feel like honestly, it's funny. My uh, this is going to be so random that I'm drawing this comparison. But so my wife loved to watch bad reality television. She watches Kim Kardashian shows. The last episode, because of course, you my know, my wife. Yeah, my wife, aka me. Mm-hmm. Is that what you want me to say? Yes. Sorry. So are you like the Bachelor? And I know that you do. Speaking too, of, <laughs> anyways, well, this will be a whole other tangent. <laughs> So anyways, so she, Kim, the last episode, Kim Kardashian recorded a song with the dream, like the fucking producer guy. And it was hilarious because it's like, you know, she was like, oh, I don't want to do it. And like, you know, he's like, oh no, I got a great idea for you. And so it's like, she comes in and is like, you know, the whole show is about her overcoming her anxiety and whatever. So anyways, she lays down the track, like a sick vocal track. I use the sick vocal track very loosely. It, It sounds like she is disinterested in recording the song. It's like... The party's over here. Come into the club. It's like you know, the most lifeless thing ever. That sounds like from a Kim Kardashian. Yes, <laughs> from I know from wow. Kim. I know. I know you never were me surprised. <laughs> it's very true, but so it's funny. I just got like after seeing that episode and then reviewing this record, I was kind of like, oh, I can see Wes just kind of going in there and being like, so I'm going to talk the vocals and then I'll just play around with it after it's recorded. You know, like make it sound like uh, Scott referenced this in our drive over. Uh, like David Bowie, like early David Bowie references. And I was like, I can see that. If David Bowie was terrible. That's, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah. It went from a whatever to a terrible. His voice his voice <laughs> is the worst thing about the record. The music yeah. I was actually okay with. If there was a better singer, I'd probably like the record. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. I got, uh, as weird as this is, like, I don't know, Matt, if you ever got into this band, but like VNV Nation, like that sort of 
goth industrial band. Like musically, there were moments of the record that reminded me of it. Nothing I would ever be like, if you're a fan of this, you'll like this. But there was like bits and pieces of it. But uh, yeah, overall, I mean, I'll never listen to this record again. I found it surprising. Like the first song, like just kicks right in, like double bass. And like that was, there was a lot going yeah. on in that first song. And then the rest of it just was kind of, you know. Do you know they've also been anything? I think two commercials. They're definitely, they? in a ra- definitely in a Radio Shack commercial. That's not from the first record. <laughs> um, and I think they were in another commercial as well. That leads me to a funny... Matt, you guys have probably been in... Like, what's the weirdest commercial or, like, the weirdest, like, music placement that you guys have got that you're like, really? They want to use our music? Uh, we get a lot of requests and we just basically say no to all of them. Oh, you so you guys have never been commercially placed? Nope. Really? No, we've done a couple of movies that we thought were cool. Sure. Like Resident Evil and stuff like that, but... yeah. When it comes to commercials and Never stuff like that. Car commercials or... No. Yeah. That's usually a no from us. What's been the funniest one that's like come across your desk that you guys have been... Like that you guys have actually seen? I mean, I'm sure now you're managing... There's a lot of reality shows on MTV or there'll be a lot of like... Um, like teen pregnancy and this girl wants to... You know, on MTV and this girl wants to show what her favorite band is and we need to their approval to play a clip or, oh, okay. or Hey, we we're doing like a, you don't want to be associated with teen pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> the soundtrack to teen pregnancy. <laughs> you know, we just really try to stay away from almost everything that has nothing to do with our brand. Yeah. That, well, that's, that's very, so that's, um, that's admirable. Cause I mean, a lot of band, I mean, referencing a lot of the indie hipster bands and stuff like that, like, you know, I, cold cave, arcade fire, like all that type of stuff is obviously, Massive commercial placement, yeah. and like that's how. And, and I mean, no judgment against it. No, it's, it's, it's what you're doing a band for. Our right. band is like too personal to us. It's when we look at our death bat, we don't want to think of all these stupid things that you could be thinking of. Right. <laughs> that be yeah. That you don't want to use that as a logo for a Ford Fiesta or something like that. Yeah. So we do what our what our our fans do. We, we'll do some video game stuff. Right. We'll do Guitar Hero, Rock Band. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. do. You know, maybe a cool movie, Saw, sure. or Resident Evil, something that's aggressive and fun that works for our music. But when sure. we get we get stuff that comes across all day, and it's always a no. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm sure your music placement people are like, God damn you guys! Oh yeah, I'm sure work. EMI is just like, oh thanks. Yeah, yeah tr- <laughs> we're trying to make some money here, guys. <laughs> like, thanks for turning down ninety eight point nine percent of what we bring across the table to you. It's all right though, because I I feel that you know when you start doing stuff like that, then those offers will stop coming because yeah. people get sick of you and, and they start thinking of you more of a, as more of a celebrity and less about your music. It's true. More about, Hey, I heard that song on American Idol and not, I heard that song, you know, I never really thought about it that way, but that makes sense. Cause like, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, like bands that are like of your size, like, you know, you see them in like, you know, us weekly and stuff like that or sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, but like, obviously you guys, it's very easy to stay away from that. Right. So whenever you see your favorite person in that kind of crap, yeah. it's because they want to be. Well, so, I mean, well, would it be different for you if you had trouble paying your rent? Um, no, I don't think so because I came from nothing and, um, I was perfectly happy that way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. I, I still have the same friends today as I did then, and that's never changed. And right. it's just the same business as usual. Fair right enough. Now. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that was a very deep philosophical yeah. discussion. I like that. So yeah, Cold Cave wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go yet. Yeah, I know. Well, for my my review. Okay. Um, Scott. Yeah, Scott hasn't got to say anything yet. I know. Scott, what do you think of the record? First of all, first, I feel I feel like I should like this record. <laughs> 
Okay. Oh, it's we've got Scott written all over. Yeah. It's got me written all over it. Right. And I've really <laughs> done my best to enjoy the previous records, but it's it failed, hard. Failed miserably. <laughs> I I like it. It's like it's like homework. It, it is homework. Right. But when I got the first, when I got this record and I heard the first track, I was really excited. I thought that first. I don't really. I didn't think he phoned that one in. No, Locally. there was more. Like, I guess if you were to pick out a single, of the whole record like yeah, that was like really, really, really up tempo and sort of yeah. driving and yeah, I agree. And then I mean, I was charged up. I was like, yeah, finally, I yeah. get it. You were, then, you were you were moshing in your room. Exactly. You're getting your scarf on and yeah. fedora. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just you know it died on me. Yeah, that was the one good song. So Got there. So you you would you would buy the seven inch based off that single and that would, yeah yeah that'd be exactly pretty much it. probably in every color. <laughs> Pre-order it. All right, popcorn Matt. Yes, Pop- popcorn Matt. Would you would you think about the record? Um, no, no. I mean, knowing that this is obviously probably nowhere near anything that you probably would. What like. color vinyl did you get? Pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I uh, I hate being someone that like doesn't listen long enough to give it a good enough shot. It's okay. Yeah. But throwing it in, um, it. I just need a little more depth. I don't care what the style is sure. or what's going on. I agree with you guys vocally. It seemed like it was just trying to be something that necessarily wasn't... Um, he, he maybe wasn't that good at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just, you know, from, from my ears, you know, I can listen to stuff like, like Pink Floyd, which is completely opposite of, you know, a Metallica, mm-hmm. but there's so much depth and there's so much... I mean, of course, I'm talking about one of the greatest bands of all right. time. <laughs> So it's hard to compare that. <laughs> right, to right. Wait, Cold Cave? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that that whole kind of indie hipster thing. I've never been a fan of any band like that. Yeah. So I don't. This isn't the one to make me a fan. That is a very good point. Um, yeah. But because you know, there's always for great music. It doesn't matter what the style is. Right. I mean, we're all going to be fans of great music. It right. doesn't matter what it sounds like or what instruments they're using or what kind of you know arrangements they have. Right. Just I need a little more depth. I need. A little more interesting chord progressions, a little better vocal melodies, and sure. a little more, I guess, intrigue on my part to want to get into something like that. But sure. it's not my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that, I'm that, sure a lot of people will like it. That was definitely the mo- out of all of our guests. That was definitely the most musical review. That was that was <laughs> yes. good because usually people are like, well, besides maybe like Jason. Jason reviewed the drums on a record that we, yeah. but he is a drummer himself. But that that was good. I like that. You either you're. You targeted it in what you knew and chord progressions, perfect. Are yeah. you are you extra sensitive to like vocals and? Not extra sensitive to vocals. I, a lot of my favorite vocalists wouldn't be considered good vocalists. They're original and they sound like I love Fat Mike from No Effects. Yeah, and he's got a very whiny voice. Right. I love what Dave Mustaine sounds like, even though you can tell sometimes he's struggling with things. Uh-huh. But I like what it sounds like. Um, you know, it's someone like James Hetfield doesn't have the best range, but yeah. I love what he what he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Phil and Salmo. Brilliant vocalist. Yeah, I mean, people like that love. I mean, Pink Floyd. Look at look at Gilmore and uh, look at those guys. And when they're singing their parts, mm-hmm. it's they're reaching and stretching, but there's so much emotion there. So I can't say I'm like a, a vocal snob. Right. I'm like, oh my god, like, yeah. they could totally Do- sing that better. I, I, yeah. I would honestly, yeah, I'd honestly take someone like that over a trained yeah. vocalist. Right. You know, like a, a voice like Ozzy, I would take over. You know, someone like Steve Perry, even though Steve Perry is a brilliant vocalist. Right. Even though this record seemed to get four not very positive reviews, I have a feeling it's going to be gigantic. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely on the right label. 
their tour. I mean, I can't remember where they were they playing on this tour as far as capacity. They're wise? touring. That's yeah. the thing is they seem like they've kind of they do like real sporadic shows. So when they play, it's like yeah, they're touring with the Kills. I think they're playing. I want to say they're playing the L. Ray. I could be the wrong. Kills are still a band. I know Kills are still a band. Anyway, in four years we're gonna look like four of the biggest douchebags. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, oh yeah, that's that's probably true. There's there well podcast wasn't existing really when they, uh, four kids could have been saying this about Avenged Sevenfold I'm sure they're still saying it right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that they're never going to make yeah, it yeah it's bad dead in the water terrible <clears throat> um, so yeah, yeah that's that's Cold Cave we'll wrap it up and uh, Scott star wise what would you give it we, we do it out of Ooh, five. I know five stars, five stars. it is okay, oh, five is better than ten okay yeah um, <laughs> a midweight two Midweight two. Yeah. You you invent stuff every <laughs> single show. Not a two point five, but it's two point four. Okay. <laughs> Joey. A two. Two. Uh Matt? I'll give it a three. Okay, fair enough. I, I would three. Pro- yeah. Okay. I would probably I I'd mean it's l- not a complete train wreck. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Two's pretty low down there. Right. That's a that's a four out of ten. That's true. Forty percent, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd probably yeah, I'd probably be like I would have to give it like a two and a half just because I'm never like there are moments that it's cool, but I just I would never listen to the right. Yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna come back to it. It'll no. be deleted from it'll be with Tim Hecker and Hashuka. Right. Um after this. Those are records so that we're gonna go as far as deleting it off your own. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, why, it's not even worth the space. Why like, waste the one point six megabytes or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's it's just okay. take, two, definitely. Take taking up way too much hard drive space. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I uh, like it. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our next review, we will be talking about the new Rise Against record called In Game, and let's uh, listen to their. Uh, I think we'll just pick out the single. Yeah, Rise Against. This is their sixth full length and fourth for a major, which that's that's pretty hard to do. I mean, you, how many full lengths do you guys have for a major now? Three. Three. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's hard to live through that system. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Spoken like I mean, a person. Seen, I mean, we just seen a lot of friends. Yeah. Go. Yeah. A lot of the bands that we signed on the label for. Right. I mean, we didn't want to be on a major label. Not to get into us at all, but we saw that. Rancid and Distillers had made sure. a deal with Warner, and we were oh, like, "Okay, yeah. well, that's cool in our book. Like, we're right. We we love Rancid and stuff, and those bands are gone. Right, right, I right. Mean, a lot of our friends that used, yeah, Glassjaw. All those bands are just gone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's tough. It's tough to live to that system. So when I found when I saw that Rise Again signed to DreamWorks, I guess at the time, yeah, I, I was like, "Well, that's not going to work." Yeah, definitely. Boy, was I wrong. I know. <laughs> Usually doesn't. No, it's Usually true. A safe bet. It is a safe bet. Um, and Fat Records was a a good place for them. Oh, totally. The I mean, they yeah, were perfect. Out great records at that time. Totally, that was perfect for them. Um, so yeah, band from Chicago, like uh, you know, definitely. One, I mean, I would feel safe to say that they're definitely one of the larger rock bands that's out there that has a political edge to it. Um, I would honestly put them akin, probably not as popular as obviously like Raging Against the Machine in their heyday. Um, I mean, like oh, record, no. record sales wise, yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, like definitely. Can, I mean, I'll, they're playing the Long Beach Arenas. I mean, they're definitely. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they're yeah, they're definitely one of the bigger right 
and they're definitely Rockish still political. Fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and if you haven't heard of Rise Against by this point, you probably should, should have been be. living under a rock and <laughs> I don't know why you're listening to this. Right, wouldn't have even heard of this podcast. So, um, so yeah. That being said, Scott, what do you what do you think of the record? I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. <laughs> That's enough. You did you didn't like that them at all at any point? No. In your musical career? No. Yeah. Very bland vanilla. Vanilla. Sorry, guys. They got fist-pumping anthems, though. Do they make you want to rage against the system? They don't. Do you want to throw your computer against the wall and say, I'm never programming again? No. Oh, really? Doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Joey? Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think the new Rise Against? No, you've been a, you've been a fan. I've been a fan since the first record. Okay. I'm, I'll be that guy and say the first two records are my favorite. Okay. Um, and once I, they sold out inside to a major? No, I, like, I liked, someone, like someone sitting at the table, not naming any names. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 total I don't remember the names <laughs> of any of the records. Oh, okay. Um, the first major label record? Siren Song. The Red the, One. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one. I really like that record. Uh, the one, but then they kind of like that's when they kind of found what they do right or what the the kids like. What they do, and they've well. kind of just stuck to it pretty well. And I feel like this this isn't a bad record. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a rise against record. Yes, like they're not. You know, <laughs> it is a rise against record. Well, right. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you could have played this from like who is this? Right. Like no vocals, and I probably could have figured out it was a, a rise against record. Even though his vocals are starting to sound more and more like Nickelback on every record. They do have a lot of. They he, he does have a lot of the. Like, yeah, the little. I don't know what I don't know what you'd call yeah. it, but yeah. right, yeah, 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 yeah. What's that called? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the push out your jaw? <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's good. It, it sounds exactly like Rise Against. Mm-hmm. So if you were a fan of Rise Against before, you will be a fan of this record. Sure. I kind of wish they would. Maybe true something a little bit different. Okay. I guess I like they didn't put an acoustic song on this record. That's true. Um, yeah, they have done it for the past three. Yeah, and I mean yeah. that swing, swing your life, life away. I mean, that's probably arguably their biggest biggest hit. That's definitely a high school dance song. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but I mean, it's good. I mean, I, did they record this at the blasting room? Uh, pretty sure they. Which did. I think is cool that they're still yeah recording at the same place they have been for the past ten years. I mean, <laughs> which is you know. I guess could get a little monotonous, but yeah. it's cool that they're still going to like, I guess a more indie studio than sure. Um, they could probably go wherever they want. So yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Another record. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. It fits well in there, the library, but I wish it was a little bit different. Sure. Push, pushed some envelope yeah. somewhere heavier, louder something. Yeah. Um, what about you, Matt? Did you, have you, have, you guys have never toured with them or have you oh, done? We have, yeah. You guys are good friends with those guys. Okay. So obviously you can talk a lot of shit on them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I I was never really into Rise Against. I haven't been into any of their previous records to the point of not disliking it. Just yeah. never made me want to put in a record. Right, right, right. When I put this record in, I was very surprised in, in a good way. Sure. I really enjoyed the first few songs, um, and I'm really looking forward to getting and listening to this on my free time. Right, right. And getting into it a little more. Um, I like that they still have that punk edge. Yeah. Um, it felt, you know, like new age, but, you know, a little 90s epitaph, Fat Records punk in there. Oh, yeah. Which I love. Totally. And um, I'm glad they still have their political edge. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not my political edge, but it's definitely something that they stick by and are really um, passionate about. Right. And they've never kind of shied away from that. Um, and I, I think it's 
I'm really excited about really getting into the record. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a good record. That's cool. I'm did you listen to the? Stoked on it. Do you listen to the previous ones, or that that was one of those things that just kind of? No, I've, I've I've listened to them on the tour bus because a lot of the guys in our band are big fans. Oh, okay. And they love Tim's voice. Sure. And um, so it's one of those things where I've heard the songs around. They've never really sparked my interest. I think they had right. their old records had some weird, not to get muso, but some weird transitions that I wasn't a fan of. Sure. And some <laughs> some stuff that I was like, eh, yeah, okay. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I would that. do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, but on this record, when I put it in, I was uh, really, uh, really pleased with it. Nice. So I'm stoked. That's cool. Do you listen to music when you play Call of Duty? No. No? You have focus on the game? Oh, yeah, dude. I, I need to hear footsteps. You're, you're, you're wired. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need to hear footsteps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if people sneak up, you're done. Dude, yeah. I know. You don't, you don't want to be stabbed no. in the back. <laughs> no. no way. Um, cool. Well, thank you. The... Uh, I think I'm, I'm probably somewhere in between Joey and Matt. Like I, it was weird because I think this record is like definitely like front loaded. Like there's, tra- I think it's like track eight that honestly is the worst rising end song I've ever heard in my life. Is it was it like the this one that w- kind of starts. It's like kind of like new metal ish, even. Dude, yeah, it's. I think I know. Yeah, it's so out of the blue where it's just like this weird. Yeah, it's like it's this super weird riff followed by it just doesn't like. I'm all obviously all for bands trying something different and like pushing, you know, in some way, shape, or form. But this, it was just I listened to it and I was like, "Holy fuck! Like this sounds terrible!" Like I just didn't know what they were trying to go for. Um, So, I mean, fortunately, that was later in the record, so it didn't like, you know, if that was the first track, I'd be like, "This is yeah, like this is terrible." But um, it's a long record. It is a long record. But the first, yeah, honestly, like the first four songs are like incredible. I I really, really like them. Especially the single, like the Help is on the Way song. That was the first song I heard because they put it on their website or whatever. Um, and yeah, I just, it's really, they've been able to toe that line of writing those radio songs and being able to like make them commercially viable and still have their message without obviously offending people, you know? Yeah. And that's hard to do. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't think, I think they're a band that you can't, if say if you, you know, you're some like uber punk snob. Right. Like, you can't be like, well, this band's a, they sold out like right they still sound like rise against like, yeah. yeah and you can't hate on they're taking a message that is a punk message you right know? Yeah. like a, a positive punk message to the masses and if they're not going to do it who is who is yeah. yeah yeah that's and and that's i think any bad like a bad rise against record is better than a lot of the other stuff that's i don't think out, they have you know? like i don't think this is a bad record no no yeah. not at all and i wouldn't but i'm just saying like, yeah if this if they were to release like a bad record i'd be like dude i'll take 10 of those over like you know terrible you know, major label rock records. That yeah. Are like, oh, yeah. There's nothing, you know, possible Avenged Sevenfold tour mates, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's no, there's like obviously. See you in July. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's like You've nothing. You made that record. Right. Now you get to go on tour. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but there's nothing, yeah, behind it. So I like, I, I like the record. I definitely, um, We'll probably be listening to select songs off it in the future, but not probably not the record as a whole. So Scott, number or star wise? No, no. Yeah, no. I, I figured that was Joey. What do you got? I'll give it a three and a half. Okay, Matt. I'll give it a four. Nice. I, I Political. Would, yeah. Safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think Tim's gonna be coming kicking my ass. In the yeah, yeah. Time, so I'll be fine. But I'll give it four. <laughs> yeah, this this is gonna burn all the bridges that have been folded rise against having this this one podcast. Um, yeah, I'd probably give it. I, I would give it a probably a four as well. I, I think it's uh, a really. I definitely liked it 
a lot better than the last one. Like the Appeal to Reason record. That was like the yellow cover one for you, Joey, that references records. I can't even picture the cover. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. It's it, That record was definitely un- cover. Yeah, unmemorable for me. Like I just, it, there was nothing that really like jumped out. So even a single. Oh, I got it. Yeah. That's been my whole nope. thing with experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm a four on this one. Sure. Solid four. Solid four. That's good. That's good. Um, all right, and then the last record we'll be talking about is the Trap Them record called Darker Handcraft, and uh, let's listen to a little bit. This is their second full length. It's their first for prosthetic records. Um, I actually tried to sign this band when I was working at Century Media, and I lost in a bidding war to prosthetic records. So this won't influence... This gets a zero. I know. <laughs> Worst record I got a better A&R guy. Right, right. <laughs> this record automatically gets trashed. No. But I just thought that was a funny side note, so I was just trying to sign them, and uh, yeah, didn't end up working out. And I mean, fortunately for them, I mean, obviously, well, not obviously, but I'm, I no longer work at Century Media, and then the band would be putting out a record with someone who... Didn't sign them. Didn't sign them, which is obviously an experience that bands don't enjoy. Um, so anyways... They're from the New Hampshire area, even though they all live in different places um, all across the country. They've had a rotating cast of characters as far as drummers are concerned. Um, They've had a million people play with them uh, in that position. And, um, yeah, they're definitely, Scott said, or he pointed out the fact this band has definitely been talked about within the underground community. They tour with a lot of different bands. Like, they can tour with a band like... Napalm Death, and they can tour with the band like Every Time I Die. So it's like they share the stage with a bunch of random people. Um, so yeah, that's Trap Them. Joey. What's up? You want to start these things off? Sure. What's <laughs> up? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I will correct you. Did they used to sound identical to Converge? or I fi- uh, This record to me was Converging meets Cursed. Okay. And I feel like they were a lot more like technical, like Dillinger Escape Plan-ish. Before I've never been I've I get every record I listen to it once and I'm like that was good and then it just like whoop gone. yeah then it just and, goes in your collection yeah so am I no you're they were they were a little more technical but they've always kind of been that sort of like honestly their biggest musical influence like I've always been able to pull out is like the whole death and roll like you know bands like <clears throat> entombed dismember like where it's like it's metallic yet it has that rock and roll edge where it's like you know it's See, not i didn't just... hear any of that in this i heard i heard a lot of converge yeah yeah um, oh, I, there's nothing wrong with that no but i mean they, they weren't they weren't as technical yeah i think that's it just i so i like this record okay i think it's just easier for me to listen to Got where it. i can it's easy for me to come back to and would want to listen to it again. A little more song yeah. than in the past. Whereas before, it was just like, that was cool. That was loud. That's all. <laughs> sure. So, oh yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, I feel like they're a good band, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still, I'm kind of indifferent, but... Yeah. Um, Have you ever seen them live? Maybe. Uh, probably. Right. <laughs> At some fest. I mean, somewhere. they're just one of those bands I just kind of always like lump in with, mm-hmm. you know, just that scene so sure i'm sure i've seen them right um but yeah you know, nothing that stand out to you no got it got it um, but i would listen to this record again okay 
I will do mine. I love this record. Like, I've been uh, obviously trying to sign the band. I obviously enjoy what they do um, and think that there's there's definitely... A pl- I mean, they're never going to be a big band. They're never going to be, you know, like a crosser. Like, they're never going to be like a Lamb of God or anything like that, where it's like crossing over into like more mainstream metal, you know? Because, I mean, clearly they're dark, ugly. But anyways, yeah, so I, th- I agree with you, Joey, as far as like the song structure. Because before it was just like... <laughs> just like that for about a half an hour where it was like it was loud and it was aggressive but there was nothing really memorable like the last record there was a song that was like an eight minute long song that was more like neurosisy, you know and that song was awesome because it was different than everything else they were doing um but you know the the feeling of the band being like super nihilistic they don't care about anything they just want to get up there and you know play and obviously convey some you know aggressive emotions um it comes across perfectly in the record and yeah i I def it's the best it's their best record that they have done so far and uh definitely the most memorable so i like the artwork also yeah it's creepy scott what would you like at this point in my life (laughs) the ripe age of 25 You are pretty right. There is no place for this record. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that's where it was going. Yeah, you're. Um, it was headache-inducing, and I couldn't get through it. But did you? But you? There's very. No, I know. But like, okay, like the, a band like The Secret, who I know that you placed on your top ten list. Much different. Really? See, that to me, they're walking like hand in hand. To me, this is sorry, me too. That's usually what people do when they're talking to microphones, stuffing their face like, with gummy bears. It's Swedish fish. Oh, sorry. Thank you for sponsoring us. Um, <laughs> the, the chaos is just sort of like unmanageable. Okay. And I don't like putting myself in that like uncomfortable headspace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not being able to like identify a repeatable pattern. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe that's a human characteristic of wanting to like, I don't know, not sympathize, but like identify with... A song that's happening. Yeah, when it gets technical to be technical, it's kind of... It loses you. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But maybe we'll talk about this after. I The singer wrote an essay about... Oh, yeah, good call. Um, ...playing um, sponsored shows. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hit on that after. Okay. I like that. It'll Matt, be interesting. do you have a place for this record in your life? <laughs> <laughs> maybe like... The short answer is no. Right. <laughs> maybe like 16-year-old you? You know what? Even the 16-year-old me would not be into this because I was always melody-driven. And true. if not melody-driven, there better be damn good riffs. And if you're not going to hear the same riff, if you're not going to hear like a constant theme of a song, sure, it's really hard for me. I can follow it. I could learn that song back, but I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Or the record. It's For me personally, I've never been a fan of the Dillingers or the Converges. I've never been a fan of being technical it's like for technical a, sake. It's like, like tangential were, and you just sort of like lose it. It's like. Yeah, well, to me, a song, I mean, what's a song? A song can be just a, a spontaneous combustion. We're getting deep, everybody. Like, or it can be like, you know, a, a constant. A melody or a riff or and you can be progressive sure then you take a band like dream theater who can take a melody and a riff and be progressive and make it cohesive um and some kind of theme in the song right and a band like this i, th- I think some people would argue that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, mean, I understand what you're saying but yeah and so to me like i mean i've i've, I've heard of, a million bands like this. I do think the recording sounds good. I like, yeah. I like the vocal. I like the aggression. I like how it sounds. Sure, sure. But I can't see myself coming back to this and saying this is one of my, you know, 
cornerstone, like, I'm going right. to listen to this album again. I just, it's just, I can see the audience that it attracts. Sure. And I think that if you're at a, you know, a, a showcase theater or something, it'd, it'd be amazing to see this band walk up on stage. Rest in peace. Never yes. forget. But, I mean, there's a lot of bands, though, that were like this, that had more of, like, a, not a dum-dum, but I call it dum-dum because riffs are usually dum-dum. Okay. They're good. Like oh, a disembodied. I- like can make a dumb dumb riff and still be hardcore and technical, or like uh, that's an amazing riff. Dumb dumb riffs, I love that. I mean, that's what we call them, you know. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Pantera riff is a dumb dumb riff. I mean, right. it's like, <laughs> there, 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 there. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be a genius to get it, but you have to be a genius to create that and know that it's going to sound good and mm-hmm. be able to make what it is. I, I respect that more than just throwing a million riffs together and seeing which one, right? You know, sticks on the wall. Sure. And these guys, to me, they're not trying to. But when you throw a bunch of riffs on something, right. you're never going to sit there and go like, oh, that riff's genius. Because you hear it for 20 seconds Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they cut off half the time of it just to do it. And then <laughs> on to the next thing. And to me, that's not what I want to listen to. Right, right. So it's like a Taken song. Right. Oh, <laughs> good. That good I totally, reference, Joey. <laughs> I agree. Like, completely agree with your point of view. But I think that's by doing and playing what they're playing. It's almost like a punk statement in itself. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Who they record with? I don't. I looked for the credits because I agree sonically the record was awesome. Like I, you know, it definitely added to my overall enjoyment. But I couldn't find. I, I'm yeah. guessing like Kurt Ballou from Converge, but I don't. I don't know though. Wikipedia. No, I tried. I tried. I looked on the label site. I was like, I mean, when was the last time I went to like a record label website? And it's like I was. I couldn't find it. But I wanted to briefly touch on an essay that the vocalist wrote about their involvement with Scion. Scion does a bunch, like over the past three years, I'd say, Scion does, like their whole outreach has been towards like independent metal, like music. They've done like... Really? Yeah, they've done festivals and it's all free. It's crazy, but like, well, actually this was maybe two weeks ago they did at the Fox Theater in Pomona and Glass House. Um, and then they had two outdoor stages. You know, they brought bands like Morbid Angel, Obituary, like a bunch of metal bands. And the whole day was dedicated to, it was a free festival. People sign up online and they get an entry and that's it. Like, and there's no, like, you know, you know that it's a Scion Fest. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it. But there's no, like, when you the know, car drives out on stage. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't, there's no overt messages in regards to that. But like Scion, like they actively promote this and they've been doing it for about three years. So. Wow. And Trap Them played like two, two or three sponsored Scion shows, um, where it's like they and like Scion spares no expense. They're flying bands. Like Trap Them did like a show in Chicago, then a show in L.A. And like it was night after night. So then they paid for hotels and everything um, for a band that clearly has no mainstream potential. And it's not like a Trap Them audience member is going to be like, "All right, I'm going to go buy a Scion." Yeah, like. It's just—it's a very interesting marketing tool that they've used, but they've been dedicated. But the fact that it's gone on for three years makes me feel like it's working to some degree, right? Like they're—I mean—and that's the thing, right? We're talking about sign right now, right? And they've got like—they've got like to me, it seems like they have a five-year plan where they're like, "Yo, we're doing this for five years." And we're seeing what because yeah, the ratio of people with long hair buying their cars has gone up ten percent, so they know it's working. Right, right, right. <laughs> but so the vocalist wrote an essay because you know a lot of people initially were just like, "Oh, well, fuck Sion! Like, what is this? This seems very inauthentic." And yeah, I don't want to go anywhere free. Yeah, <laughs> and like you know the whole sellout connotation, and so and then the vocalist wrote an essay basically being like, "Fuck you." We're do like we're we're proud to. It's like we're thirty year old men that don't have real jobs. Right. We have to pay our rent somehow. Right. Exactly. And it's and, and Scion pays the bands well too. And so they get like you know whatever thousand fifteen hundred dollars to play like a show, and it's like you know they don't have, and there's no expenses for them. So, um, 
it was it was it caused a lot of controversy within that music scene where people were just like, oh wow, like this band speaks up against that, and you know the idea of corporate sponsors and all that type of stuff. Like, how does that? I mean, obviously, you know, referencing what you're talking about in regards to your band never commercially playing their music and stuff like that, like putting your stuff out there because it dilutes the brand. Like, how have you guys been able to maintain that, like, over the course? Well, listen, we've done the Monster Uproar tour. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Monster- yeah, I mean, you guys aren't free of, like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's always somebody putting up money to, to make an experience better for other people. Sure. I don't think a band should even have to go defend themselves. Yeah. Um, I, it sucks that he even has to write an essay. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's to true. a bunch of people that are going to... A lot of people just like to hear themselves talk and, like, look at their... You know, their posts on the internet. A lot of times they don't even believe in it. Right. They say it because they want to get a reaction. Sure. Um, my whole thing on this, something like a Monster Energy Drink tour, I have no qualms with Monster. I... Just and we don't get paid from them. That's that's right. the, whoever sets up the tour. We sure. do what we do, and we we do it without any of that stuff. But I personally think that um, bands can make a decision for themselves. I'm not going to hate on anybody. Right. Just for all I can do is speak on our behalf. Is that we choose not to be associated with anything that has anything to do with something outside of our brand. Yeah. And our brand is music. And if you're going to try to sell something off of us, that's not cool with us. Yeah. You know, it's just not cool. I mean, if you're at a show and they're giving out Monster Energy drinks to kids and they're and they're getting a bunch of free stuff and, and there's some sponsor going on that has, like, is a few steps away from us. Right. I'm cool with that. Right. Like, that's the deal. Sure. Like, kids are getting cheaper ticket prices because of that sponsor. Right. They get, to go, they get to go to an arena show and there's $10 lawn seats or whatever right. they do. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's because yeah. of that sponsor. Sure, sure. And all you have to do is drink a couple of monsters. That's fine. Right. But it has nothing to do with us. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. to play. Right, right, um, right. So I, I think it sucks that they even had to write that. I think it's pretty cool that Scion is even doing that in a heavy metal way. Oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's, that's cool. But I wouldn't do it. Right. We're getting deep here. Yeah. This is probably going to be like a four-hour episode. I hope you <laughs> I brought, I brought a sleepy mag, so yeah. uh, please cool. the religion question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, Starwise, Scott, since we're going around the table. Oh, wow, we're still talking. About I know, we're still talking about the Trap Them record. Yeah, how's that happen? Two, null. No. Yeah, null. Okay. No. J- Joey, where do you stand? This is where the five stars come into pro- I, I mean, I don't want to give it a 3.75 because okay. that's just weird. Scott. It is. But I think it's better than three and a half, but it's probably not as good as a four, so I'll give it a four minus. Okay. Four minus. A light four. A light yeah, four. a light four. Okay. Matt, where would you, uh, no, knowing that you're probably in the same position as Scott? No, where it's, I, like, I'm, uh, it's hard for me to rate this because yeah, this yeah. is not my cup of tea. We, that's fine. We null. Yeah, we null. That's like when it's like, oh, I can't really definitively say a star because I don't know where to, where to grade it. So that's I'm fine. I'm going to give it somewhere between a 2.5 and a 3. Makes sense. Makes sense. I'd probably, I'd be, uh, I'd probably be a 4 again just because this, this record, if honestly, if there's no more like really sort of aggressive dark records that come out, this definitely can fill in that spot in my sort of top 10. Yeah, this this is for me top ten material. Bold, bold statement. It is. It yeah, is a bold you know, statement. They're, they're musically proficient, obviously. Yeah, you can yeah. listen to it. It sounds good. Right. It's just if that's what you're into. Yeah, yeah for sure. Four is uh, right, or of least. the three records. This is the record I'll listen to the, the most. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for yeah, it's either well, it's either the Trap Them record or the first like five songs of the Rise Against record. For yes, me. Scott agrees. <laughs> right. <laughs> Likewise. Likewise. This is just kind of a no fun for you today. He's got both for three. He was so bummed all yeah, week listening to these records. <laughs> I'm true. You that's, picked the cold caves. So. I know. That's what he constantly talks well, about on the one? podcast.
Surf Rider Morning Surf Report. Hard morning, Staff Sergeant. <laughs> Staff Sergeant. We now know that meteors will land off the coast of different cities. They gotta be parallel to the deck. That's the whole thing with these bars. Okay. Oh, come on, you guys, you're killing me. Good luck, rookie. A small cluster of meteors is predicted to enter our atmosphere. Scientists are scrambling to try and understand it. Evacuations are now underway. Two or three meteors just impacted. Oh my god. It appears that there's something like shadowy uh, figures. I think I'm gonna head back now. Everyone needs to get out of here right now. Lucas, if you could just come back, please. Oh my god. All right, we are now into the movie review. This, you're, you're as excited about movies. This week, we're reviewing Battle Los Angeles, directed by Jonathan Liebsman, written by Christopher Bertolini, starring Aaron Eckhart, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, I love Bertolini. He's, he's great. It's fantastic. Uh, I just read on IMDb that Shane Black did some uncredited work on the final script, and he will be directing the next Iron Man movie. Oh, really? And he also did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but whatever. Ah, okay. But uh, Independence Day of... This year. Independence Day of 2011. This quarter. Yeah. So, um... Don't forget to mention the Brothers Strauss. Well, I was going to get to that when the... uh, When we get a little more in-depth. The the Brothers Strauss, as you might remember, uh, did a movie called Skyline. Uh, Was that on an unlistenable podcast? No, that was on episode four, I think. Okay. Well, we reviewed that movie, and... They were involved in this? They... Yeah, and they were being sued by... Or there was lawsuits being threatened because... They pretty much took the work that they did from this, and then went and made Skyline with using, I think, pretty much all of, like the same stuff. Oh, okay. And it came out months earlier, but I think after the wee, first week's box office, they're you know yeah. they don't really have anything to worry about as this movie made almost forty million and Skyline made like eight. So yeah, crazy. Um, so yeah, uh, all of us saw it except for Matt. So you can kind of yeah. after our reviews, you can decide if you want to see it. <laughs> You'll you'll be our impartial audience based on our reviews, okay. our our scholarly reviews. I have a feeling it's gonna be good. Uh, so uh, you're feeling knowing. Nice. I'm gonna save Scott for the middle because I think it'll just be quick and sweet. It will be. Um, so Ray, what do you think? I um, it definitely wasn't good. You know, like I wasn't. But it's a good rental. Like totally, what I reference is like a popcorn movie where it's like you know you're getting nothing from it. You know you're not walking away being like, wow, that's very profound or like that movie's gonna stay with me and it, it either stay with me as far as like the special effects being amazing or like any aspect of the movie really like lasting upon you. It was like okay, like you know. I, Matt being a very large Call of Duty fan, you're going to honestly. There's moments where it's like. <laughs> Yeah, there, there, I know. There's, there's Tell me more. Yeah, there, there are moments where it's like you feel like it's just an homage to Call of Duty. Like as far as like, you know, there's tons of scenes where it's like you know this the whole the movie screen pulls up like to a gun sight, you know, and you're like you're watching some of the alien creatures like run around in it. Um, so and it definitely has that that you know just shaky cam feel that you know you'd see in uh you know cloverfield and stuff is this like really that. the same movie as independence day it, no it's it, it, yeah I mean, it's, aliens it's, it's just aliens it? yes yeah I but mean, how many times can you make that movie apparently a lot i, I also i'll say what i have to say till yeah, yeah. my turn but it, it's yeah i mean it, it's same vibe and like they don't 
you know, the the biggest thing is like they don't, you know, usually with these invasion movies, there's some level of explanation. And this is like, you could tell they were just like. They're coming to colonize, boom. Right. In the middle of the movie. Kill them. Right. In the middle of the movie, they were just like, oh, I think they want our water. And it's like, that's it? Like that's They just gave, yeah, one line. And it's like, well, we can't say they didn't do it. Right. <laughs> But they're, they maybe could have gone into a little more. Yeah, and not like I need some sort of plausible plot that in this movie. But it was just like, uh, like okay, I get that. But like I said, it's a it's a perfect popcorn movie. You can sit back and you know not think not think for you know hour and a half, two hours, and be like, all right, eh, that is what it is. Special effects were cool, gunshots were cool. Um, There's that I. As people were leaving, there, there was definitely like, dude, I think that was the most explosions I've seen in like two hours in a long time. So it's like that's the kind of stuff you're getting into when you're watching it. So I can't like recommend you go seeing it. The previews were amazing. It definitely, yeah, it definitely hooked you as far as like, oh, this looks ominous. And, I was really hoping for an actual scene where there were people on surfboards when the asteroids were coming. But that, yeah, well, yeah, the yeah. first, oh, there were no, no again. Yeah, Got yeah. It. So yeah, just you know, very. Very standard fare, alien invasion stuff. Popcorn Scott. Ugh. Popcorn Joe. <laughs> People, <laughs> your brain is a muscle. You must exercise it accordingly. It's very valuable. You only get one. And when you plug into these type of movies and check out, you're doing yourself a disservice. That's all I have to say. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, I think I agree a little bit more with Ray. <laughs> uh, I give it credit because it was a, it was more seemed to me more of like a war movie than an alien invasion. Like it seemed a lot like Black Hawk Down. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I back that because it was more about a rescue attempt than actual invasion. Yeah, and um, the alien and the aliens weren't like. Uh, I use the word supernatural in nature. They weren't like you know the green figures. Like they, they weren't were, like signs, right? They're, yeah, they were you know mechanical. They were like yeah, these very weird. Well, yeah. they were wearing suits, right? And then when you shot them, water came out. That pissed me off. And it was PG thirteen. Whatever. But they did say fuck once, and it was a good fuck. But they got their one in. I know. Uh, what I didn't like. Was pretty much the first half of the movie. They kind of toned it down towards the end. Was the shaky cam was so out of control that I like to. I have my spot. I like to sit about a quarter of the way up the theater on the aisle. And I had. I mean, my theater was empty because I saw it this afternoon at five o'clock. But I had to get up and move back a couple rows. So I mean, it was out of control. So it's not front row friendly. No. Oh no. I, it, I would agree. And I feel like maybe this is we can give the brother Strauss credit for this. Like. There wasn't in the first, like when the aliens were invading, it was always shown through like a TV a lot of the time. Yeah. So it was like it wasn't like clear shots of them coming in. It was like yeah. And I thought that was kind of lame. Like, it would have been cooler to see like that the quote unquote asteroids yeah. coming in. Um, well, I think the idea is that like you keep it ambiguous and then you have some huge reveal like in Independence Day, but it would never came. Yeah, there was no big reveal. Yeah. Um, the mothership. Yeah, well, mm, but I thought I thought it was cool. I liked I liked the characters. I liked that there was no they didn't try to incorporate some crappy love story. Oh, that was um, good. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that, but that's good they didn't try to do the that. The whole time with Bridget Monahan's character, I was just like, okay, like come on, like you know, she's gonna try to bone Aaron Eckhart, yeah, or vice versa. But I, I like Aaron Eckhart. I think he's a yeah. little little monotone, maybe. 
Um, yeah, that's probably right. But uh, his speech wasn't as good as Bill Pullman's in Independence Day. No. But it was still a decent speech. Um, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. It was on TV. I'd watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. So, so based on those glowing reviews, Matt, you are you going to go run out and see it after we're done with the podcast? No, I wasn't going to watch it anyways. But yeah. I think when you look at a, a budget and the, the promotion they're doing on it and the and how much they're building it up, you know what it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, there are certain things that you can go take your kid to, and the typical person that goes to work all week is going to go watch, want to see a, a high-budget alien invade L.A. Right. Well, they didn't invade New York at all, just L.A.? Well, no, they... Well, they there was like 20 different invasions, but okay. we were... We it was were a, lot like, a lot like Independence Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was a worldwide... <laughs> Coastal invasion. It was actually so. I mean, there was parts where it was like you could like in line with Independence Day with like yeah, right. once the once they figure out what to do, like get it out, like right. spread the word. Yeah. So other, other they, they did not use Morse code like they did in Independence Day. But I forgot about that. Um, in a bit, let's just talk about Independence Day. <laughs> is that the best alien movie? It's pretty good. That's a great. Movie. Well, Aliens is pretty yeah. good too. That was. Yeah, I think. Uh, I'm more of a movie snob than a music one, definitely. And I think uh, action scenes don't make me want to see a movie. And that just seems like a lot of action. Oh, it's all, it's all, it's all yeah, action. I'm just not into that because you've seen it before. It could look better and better, but there's no story. Yeah. Nothing pulls the, the old they try, strings. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. tried to throw in like a little story, like, you know, backstory on, like, on Aaron Eckhart's character. But it, you know. Everyone, you knew what what it was from the get go, and yeah. I don't know. I think there's a way to do it though. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. There's a way. I mean, I thought the that newest Star Trek movie was amazing. Oh, this movie is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I love that. Movie. And but it's like an action movie, and it's an old story, but it's you know it's yeah. refreshed enough. It, it was yeah. awesome. I mean, the way it was done was great, and I'd rather you know see something like that if you're going to go that big yeah. budget route right. where there's a great. Just has a great cohesiveness to it. Yeah, I mean, it also it helps that J.J. Abrams a master storyteller. Obviously, yeah. when you when you've got people that like take care of dialogue and great things, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Script was not number one on this. No. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely. Like, I'd rather take party. a boring Quentin Tarantino film because oh, of the dialogue. Yeah, than no, of course. Watch a bunch of explosions and yeah. a bunch of cool looking stuff. Yeah, but it was. Yeah. That being said, I haven't seen the movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's fine. It's it's another one of those movies where if it's on HBO, I'd watch it again. Sure. But Are you going to buy it on Blu-ray when it yeah. comes out? Yeah. Is it better than Dumb and Dumber? No. All God right. No. Right. <laughs> is that what's your favorite movie of all time? I Matt? love Dumb and Dumber. Okay. Have I you mean, heard? My favorite movie of all time is probably Shawshank Redemption. It's good, man. What's but, your favorite uh, movie last year? Last year, Black Swan. That was pretty good. Did you hear that uh, the the Fairly Brothers want to make a, a real Dumb and Dumber sequel instead of that other one? Oh yeah. my God, the other one is Dumb just with, unbelievable. With Dumb, they, and Dumb, Dumb and Dumber, yeah. They want to get Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels back and do like a true sequel to it. Man, if they pull it off, yeah, I'll be the first one in line. Yeah. Right. But if they don't, I'll be so bummed they ruined it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the second it's, one was just so stupid. Was, they, I don't think they, I don't think they had anything to do with. It. I think it was no. just no, they didn't at all. Okay. I mean, how good are classic lines like? Big gulps, huh? Yeah. He stands there and like, why would you leave that in the movie? There's nothing to do with anything. That movie's amazing. And, and it's still the most like quoted movie ever. Like you used to hear people say stuff. That's, totally redeem yourself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> What's the soup du jour? Yeah. Oh, and I do that all the time still. I still try to get people to go, oh, it's the soup of the day. Oh, I'll have I'm that. <laughs> Even in the studio while recording Nightmare, our producer, Mike Elizondo, we made him change it up a little bit. He said... 
what does soup du jour, soup du jour mean? Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, it means soup of the day. He's like, hmm, sounds good. I'll have that. <laughs> and of course, they just write it down. They don't think any of the other words. all giggling. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, 15 years. How old yeah. is that movie? Like 92, maybe? No, not that old. No, really? Probably 94, maybe. 95? No, I was in middle school when Ace Ventura came out. Really? Oh, okay. I'd say like 94, 96. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyways, that was our, that was that was a good Dumb and Dumber review. Yeah, that was good. Oh, so man. if you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> the classics. Yeah, if you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber, man. Uh, so stars for Battle Los Angeles. Yeah, and he, Aaron Eckhart definitely had that voice too. Batman I voice. Was, I, I'm talking much. Well, he was in uh, the, the Dark Knight, so yes. he learned from. He's Christian practicing. Bale. Yeah, yeah. He was Harvey Dent. 1994. 94. Thank you. All right. Sir. Thank you. Thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, I'd give it uh, right in the middle, two two point five. Right. Why? Well, like I said, it's a good popcorn movie. I know Scott. I know. Not, if you get too deep on it, yeah, it's probably yeah. a sh- you know. And not every movie can be like Black Swan, where it's just like you know you feel like you're so invested in it that it's like God, the, the average experience. the average moviegoer doesn't want that <laughs> is gonna go see this movie and be like that was fucking awesome. Okay. So they, I think they did their job well. What they were trying to accomplish. Yeah, you so. sound like you just you, you just lectured Scott right there. Yeah, that's pretty Scott. good. Scott, the question is this: Did you enjoy it at all? Yeah, I did. So two point five. Yeah, right, I, exactly. I didn't. I didn't not enjoy it. Right. I didn't walk away being like, God, I really am pissed. I did see it in the the movie theater had had an XD theater, mm-hmm. which I think is their like we don't have an IMAX, so we're gonna <laughs> our extra dimension theater. theater. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I've seen the XD theater. It, and with that. as many explosions as this movie oh, had, yeah. it was loud. Oh yeah. So we, it was a good it was a good movie going experience. What was that movie we saw? I don't remember, but we did see another movie in there. It was for this. What's the movie where all the stuff is falling, the whole world's falling in, and it was recent? It had Woody Harrelson as a crazy guy in it. Twenty twelve. Oh yeah, twenty twelve. That movie to me was I walked out. It was pretty bad. Personally, to me, I was listening to the dialogue. I was listening to the story, and it was like, "What the heck are they trying to pull off?" Here? I didn't finish it. I, I definitely got halfway through. I'm I was not, like, so there's I'm a not difference lie. between a 2.5 movie twice. and then a, for me a 2012. I agree. I, agree. I can I, see a movie. And like, funny enough, he's that's the same guy who directed Independence Day. Yeah, 2012 oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, we've come full circle. I know. Full. <laughs> so anyway, two and a half. Scott. One and no. a quarter. <laughs> well, more than one. Nice yeah. for the graphics. For the, a one plus. A lot of I will. I also give it a two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So. This episode of First World Problems, the podcast, is brought to you by Blood and Ink Records and their new 7-inch from Jawbone called Loss of Innocence that comes out in May. Let's listen to a little bit of their song called Faithless. Visit the label at bloodandinkrecords.com and watch for upcoming releases from Figure 4, Debtor, and 37. My own personal recommendation is the reissue of Strongarm's classic, Atonement, on vinyl. Great layout, great band. They did an amazing job on this. Check it out.
Now we are to the... I felt like we've already done an interview with you, Matt, already. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we're in, too much. I know. Now we're into the real interview portion of our show. And again, Matt, thank you very much for hanging out with us and allowing us into your home. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do MTV Cribs after this Fuck as well. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I can't, I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. I, no. I was gonna say. I was like, this doesn't no, seem like you. Not at all. <laughs> so um, yeah, we'll, we won't do that. Okay. Okay. Let's just talk. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Well, I think it'd be really compelling to do an audio tour of your house. <laughs> so this is the kitchen. Right. It's pretty nice. These yeah. <laughs> cabinets are way better than yeah. anyone else's. <laughs> Um, I do like the handles on here. <laughs> yeah, not to. Thanks. No, yeah, it's 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 an it's it's a pretty nice place. I picked those out in my finest hour. It's a, it's a one story bungalow. It's nice what you've done with yeah. the place. Thank you. Fullerton, um, California. <laughs> yeah, right next to Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I guess the best place to start because I mean, obviously, with this interview, we're definitely not trying to ask you all the questions you've been asked one hundred thousand times before, like. What is what does the bat mean? Where did you get Avenged Sevenfold? Because clearly anybody that is a fan of your band probably knows that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the you know what a lot of people don't realize and know like well, first of all, what do you notice as far as like the entry point is for kids and your band now? Like, do you still see a lot of the same kids that have like grown up with you over the you know like sounding the Seven Trumpet days? Like, do they still come to your guys' shows or have they kind of like grown up and obviously? You know. Yeah, we've seen a lot of kids that have um, been listening to us since day one. We've seen a lot of kids that trail went and did other things and then came back. Oh, really? Which is cool. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, the music was what they were into at the time, and either yeah. they've grown with us or they've gone and listened to something completely different, which a lot of people do. Like Cold Cave? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah like Cold Cave. <laughs> but then a lot of times we've noticed that they come back because, I mean, I did that to a lot of bands too. Yeah. There's a lot of bands I listened to when I was younger, and then I got over it. I mean, when I was listening to 90s Epitaph, Fat Records, Fearless Records, Punk Rock. Right. I, then I moved on to hardcore and then into metal. And I kind of didn't listen to that stuff. And now, I mean, I'll listen. I mean, lately I've been on a Vandals fix. Right. You know, nice. and, you know what I mean? It just, you come back. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they were playing around here, I'd probably go to the show. Sure. You know, and I saw actually saw Joe Esclandi the other night, and I was just talking to him about, dude, you guys are the only guys that wrote about Cafe 405 in the Westminster <laughs> right. Mall. Genius. <laughs> you know, like. Every, every time I go to the mall. It, I get so excited yeah. because I also had friends that worked at the like the hot dog stand at the hot dog and I was like I'll be singing about my friends yeah. <laughs> so I mean I, we've seen that we've also seen the typical radio fan but they're actually a lot less than you'd think I mean, as much as we're played on the radio in the rest of the country right um, you you see those people but they're not the diehards you know like sure. there's a big difference between them and the kids that are waiting at the bus or the ones that are at your meet and greets and we've just noticed that our our fans are you know they're a lot of them have grown up with us a lot of them have been into us since city of evil and there's a lot of people that are just finding out about us right and it's just a big collection but i think what's so cool about our fan base is it's so welcoming that kids that and adults that come in now they feel so welcome that they just feel like this is something i can really be into like right. I'm gonna go get all their records and rarely do I talk to somebody that ha- doesn't have like all of our records or someone that only has like one or two of well, them. Well, it's cool that they look back because that's obviously what kids don't do these days. Like, yeah, they don't they don't have you know they get into a band they don't have a context at all, especially because like you know coming from you know the same scene that like all of us grew up in, like you know the hardcore punk scene, like you know. Not many people, you know, people look at where Avenged Sevenfold's at now, and they would have no context for it's like, 
oh, you guys played in front of 25 people at Coos Cafe in Santa Ana. Many times. Like, <laughs> and people, people would be like, there's no way Avenged Sevenfold played in front of 25 people. Yeah. Like, no. That doesn't make any sense in their heads. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was hard to do all of our pyro back then. Right. <laughs> That's why Coos is no longer yeah. around. We burn it down. Burn it down. Yeah. It's, it's true. I mean, we were, I mean, we were doing the same thing that you guys were doing with Taken and all the bands are still doing. And we were going from the city center in Walnut to the, right. to the El Segundo Boys and Girls Club to <laughs> yeah. Chain Reaction right. to no sound checks and just going up there and just winging it and everyone with their arms crossed wouldn't even walk up to the front of the stage. Yeah. I mean, the, countless. The fuck you horseshoe. Yeah. I mean, countless shows <laughs> like that. Right. Countless. Totally, totally. And, that, and that's what, it's just, it's just so funny because it's like so, you know. Like I said, no people have a context for that, even though it's like, you know, whatever, they read the Revolver article with you guys where it's like, you know, the lineage of like, because I mean, so many bands, you know, tell their story, but then, you know, that, that part gets fast forwarded through besides that, you know, they might make a mention of it like, oh yeah, the band slugged it out on the road for like seven years. And yeah. It's like, well, they Whoa. say that about everybody. Right. And that's what like, some bands actually do slug right. it out. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, because like the world you live in now, it's like, you know, you're touring with bands that don't have, like, you know, they've, like, through either no fault of their own or they've, they've just never had to, like, work. Well, there's a lot of bands now that, I mean, it's obviously no fault of their own, more power to them, whatever they can get, right? right. They get tour support and they have multiple buses. Right. I mean, they can't afford it, right. but <laughs> someone's paying for it. Yeah. Right. Right. But they're out on the road and they're first of five or first of four and they're on some kind of festival and they're like, well, I can't go on tour with, out being comfortable right it's like dude we were sleeping in truck stops at 108 degrees driving warp tour 16 hour drive and right. we have our merch set up at 10 o'clock in the morning right and then we were out counting it out at 10 o'clock at night and then we're going to new mexico right we're sleeping in a truck stop right and everyone smells horrible right <laughs> and i mean that's what it was every day and sure. none of us had any money it was a dollar a day that was our budget because we'd eat warp tour catering and we'd save warp tour catering for days off <laughs> And then we had the Wendy's dollar meal. Uh, <laughs> dollar. Dude, that dollar, dollar that's, a, that's, a, that's a strict per diem. Yeah. Yeah, we just yeah. had no money. I mean, where were we going to get it? Right. No one's writing us a check. Yeah. Good life. <laughs> Good life paid $2,500 for a full full length. So <laughs> asking for tour support was probably not. Yes. Asking for tour support from a European yeah. hardcore label. Yeah. We might have been able to bump it up to $1.25 a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what what what, are, what were some of your uh, like during that time especially like what were some of the the fondest memories that you like look back on where it was like I'm so glad even though it sucked like you said you know sleeping in 108 degree weather and everything like that you know what what are some of the memories that you look back on that you're just like that was awesome that we experienced that because it informs us of who we are now you know I loved every moment of it yeah. I mean obviously you know we lost Jimmy sure. last year and that so I can think back to that and think oh we're totally Jimmy right. that's amazing but. For us, I think I mean, we looked at as okay, we're in Idaho and we're playing in the dirt and there's 18 people, right. but we get to go watch No Effects and Bad Religion. So that's what we were there for, you know? Right, like, right. Oh, and we got to sit on stage. We thought we were so cool. Like, oh, dude, that's our favorite band. Dude, we've we, made it. Yeah, we made it. Right. And then you go do merch and we're like, oh, we sold six CDs today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything was just positive. Right. And right. it's always been positive. There's never been any tough times because we've always, we always know there's going to be hiccups in the road. Sure. And to us, it was just all about playing shows and every time, I mean, for us, it's been fortunate because it's always gotten bigger. Uh-huh. It hasn't been like, oh, we came here before and there was 200 kids and now there's 30. Right. It's always been like, oh, there's 200, now there's 400 or now there's 250. 
So it's always been positive for us, but we've always just had fun because we're friends first. Right. Which a lot of bands aren't. Right. <laughs> yeah, especially in the world that you guys play in now where it was like, you know, it's... I mean, by all stretches of the imagination, you know, you're a mainstream rock band. Yeah. Like, there's no independent scene about that, you know? Yeah. But it's like, because you've come from an independent scene, like, do you get, um, you know, do people kind of, like, look at you like you have, you know, a second head when you kind of, like, w- when they know where you've kind of come from, be like, oh, you guys did that? Like, or, you know, you share stories from back in the day. That- a lot of people ask us for advice on the road, and we can just be truthful with them, and a lot of times you can tell it's, they're like, no way we're doing that. Right. You know? I'm sure you can give Metallica a few pointers. <laughs> you, you guys can get in the 15-passenger like van. It'll probably it's be... It's funny because a- Metallica has given us pointers, you know? Sure. And, and that's that's something that we feel that we try to do I, that's other That's mind-blowing. Bands. I know. I'm sure yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where you're like, I never thought I'd be getting pointers. Yeah. From- yeah, well, I mean, we just watch them and watch how they treat their crew and yeah. watch how they conduct themselves with being as big of a band as they are sure. and how respectful they are to everybody. And they always come into our room before we play with them and they'll talk to us. And, you know, in Mexico City recently, and that's a story a lot of people know, but, you know, we played, it was like one of Jimmy's last shows with us, but we got, we were playing three nights in a row. There was 150,000 people. And we were added to the bill after the shows were sold out. Mm-hmm. So it was a Metallica only crowd. Right. <laughs> those, those are always easy. Yeah, right? those are tough, right? And <laughs> right. So we got stuff thrown at us the first night, like pesos and stuff. And that, I mean, seventy percent of the crowd was awesome. Right. There's, but thirty percent of you know fifty, sixty thousand people for that one night can be pretty brutal. Oh yeah. And so um, we were like, great, we have two more nights of this. <laughs> like, come on, like we can go do our own shows here. Like, what are <laughs> right. we doing? Right, right, right. Like, and so. Uh, we, You're like, fuck you, Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> no, but so the next day, you know, James Hetfield comes in because he heard about it. Sure. And he comes and he talks to Zach and talking to everybody going like, guys, even when Lamb of God opens for us, they're getting shit thrown at them. Right. Machine Head, everyone. That's just what happens. Metallica fans are very passionate. Sure. And we sat there and had a heart-to-heart with them. Yeah. And, it just, and you see that from a guy like James Hetfield. It's like, and you see all these other bands that just think their, their shit don't stink. Right. Like, bro, if Metallica can do that, yeah. you can fucking suck it up and be a little cooler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. that's something we learned from them. Yeah. And, I mean, but so to other bands, we always said, well, man, we traveled together forever. We're all best friends. They're like, yeah, man, well, I hate this guy and I hate that guy. Right. We're like, bro, we hire our friends. Our friends are all people on the road with us. We don't get along personality-wise. We don't keep them. Yeah. And we're all friends as a band first. Yeah. So that makes it work. Yeah, no, it's definitely, I mean, that, and I, again, it's because, you know, you, I do truly think it's because you come from the independent yeah. scene. I think a lot of bands that don't come from that, I mean, they look at their band strictly as a business, like business first and then anything afterwards. Yeah, like, hey, how can we make a little bit of money? Or, hey, we're going to, you know, it's, it's really crazy the the objective, especially from when I hear, think of rock music and metal music, what I came from. Is is like if I heard of a band being put together for rock music, I'd be like, "What? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Who does that? Where do you even find a bunch of guys that are like willing to be put together like a pop band? Right. But you see it all day, yeah, and they have no problem with it. Sure. It's like all about making hit songs for rock radio, right? And hoping that it sticks, right? And then I, to me, it's just crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, and that also leads to, you know, your band's longevity where, like you said, it's an incremental victory where it's like you've been able to grow as opposed to being the flash in the pan where it's like, because, I mean, honestly, at any point in your career, it could have been like, you know, whatever, after Backcountry hit, where it's yeah. just like next year people would have been like, Avenged who? Yeah. Like it would have been done. But because you've developed that, you know, sort of like incremental victories, you guys have something to look forward to as opposed yeah. to be like, 
now we have a bottomless pit we're staring into, and how do we even, <laughs> how do we how do we write the next hit? So exactly, like without waking the fall in backcountry, could have been that. Yeah. Without the record before, it could have been that. But we had such a good fan base based on that. And then we had a record that I felt had depth to it. So a lot of the kids that weren't going to come back for something that wasn't a single, yeah. probably put that in. We're like, oh, this is different. This is cool. We could be their favorite band or we could be a gateway band to heavier bands. Sure. We could be any of those things to them. And then, you know, they, they finally learned like, not finally, but they started learning what Event Sevenfold was about. Or yeah. just writing all sorts of wacky stuff. And sure. If you want to be a part of it, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely remember too, like in your starting days was, uh, the, the one, the one funny thing that really struck me was like, I remember when you came into the record store I worked at and the fuck hardcore buttons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, still, I found mine the other day. Really? Yeah. eBay gold probably. You sign it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cause I, I just remember such that was, cause you know, even though you guys, played hardcore shows like you weren't welcome with open arms no no i mean honestly it's like i definitely remember i mean it's probably just more so my personality than anything else but i was like oh yeah dude like we can totally play shows together even yeah. though like taken and avenge sevenfold could not sound more different besides we had you know notes and like <laughs> yeah well you could totally we could totally play shows together except when you heard what everyone had to say then it was like oh they can't play together right yeah everyone had something to say about- oh of course i mean at the end of the day it's like you know we taken we obviously we, we traveled on the outskirts too we weren't yeah. you know because we didn't sound like a lot of the bands that- the oc scene was much right. different than what taken was doing right right and so ray this isn't about taken no i know stop we- talking about yourself i'm sorry <laughs> but the uh but i always remember the defi- be- once i saw those buttons it was definitely like that is the definitive statement where it's like I felt like you guys and bands like Thrice was like you did not want to play within a scene. Yeah. You know, like you guys always had visions for, you know, it wasn't like illusions of grandeur where it's just like we're bigger than hardcore. Like <laughs> that wasn't what you were going yeah, for. Yeah, we just knew we were different and we knew that a lot of those kids weren't lifers. Right. We knew a lot of them hardcore kids? Come on. <laughs> and we knew that like we knew that our tastes were so eclectic that there's no way we could keep writing records the same way we wouldn't want to. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we always called it a sinking ship because there was a lot of bands that were that like that were just hardcore bands because it was a cool thing to do. Sure. But no one even grew up listening to hardcore bands. They didn't even know about any of the East Coast hardcore, any of the hardcore that when we were not around, you know, when we were younger, right, right. that we had to go back and do our history and our sure, homework. Sure, And so you're listening to these kids that are going like, yeah, dude, I listen to hardcore and I'm starting a band. And it's like, what? Yeah. Like, we're just like, get us out of here. Like, right. Like, I can school all those kids on hardcore. Right. And they're still playing in hardcore bands, you know? Like, right. But they have no, you know, for us, it was all about just a, a different thing. And we didn't want to be involved in that. But we were friends with a lot of hardcore bands and those were the shows. And yeah. that scene helped us because we wouldn't have had shows otherwise. Well, yeah, who are you going to play with? Who are you going to play with? And there were so many kids that grew out of that with us. But there's a lot of kids that, I mean, I still listen to hardcore records to this day. Sure, sure. But I don't have to be a snob about it. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. The, the fuck hardcore thing, I think maybe was a little excessive. But at the well, time, you're, we were, you're, just, you're, you're we were just so yeah, we were young, but we were just so fed up with it. Like people, yeah. were, they're not hardcore. Like we never said we were. Right. <laughs> like you know, luckily we're friends with all these bands, like you guys and Eighteen Visions and Bleeding Through. And right. when VOD would come through town, we would try to get on those shows or Poison the Well. And I mean, yeah, you know, Twelve Tribes. I mean, all these Twelve bands that would come through. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. All these bands would come through, you know. And I remember, remember when Eleven Thirty Four was playing showcase. I was trying to get shows with them because right. Reed was dating my neighbor. Right. And it was right. just like anything we could to play. Sure. And it, to me, it was all metal in a way. Yeah. Oh no, no, for sure. But I, I just that was just. 
it, it, it made me, I mean, not only did it make me laugh because I thought it was funny, but it was just cool because it's like, you know, no bands were willing to make those definitive statements like of like, hey, we're going to be playing to this scene or, hey, we're worried about alienating these people, yeah. you know, and like that was, you know, from that moment on, like, because, you know, the goal of Avenged Sevenfold was to be larger than life. You yeah. guys always wanted to be that sort of Guns N' Roses, you know, Metallica, that rock band, as yeah. opposed to like dude, we're totally content headlining Chain Reaction for the next 10 years. Yeah. Where some bands are comfortable staying at. Absolutely. um, So, yeah, I just thought that was funny. I wanted to bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing where you guys are at now, like, as part of the, you know, major label uh, machine, as it were, um, you know, and because you guys have been informed within the do-it-yourself community, um, you guys have been able to, you know, operate relatively unscathed, like, where it's like, you know... You guys kind of you march to the beat of your own drummer. Like yeah. you're like, this is what we do and this is what we don't do, um, because I presume that you know you have that you have that past history to inform who you guys are now. And like, yo, this is this is kind of the way we want to do things. Yeah. Well, you know, when we first signed our contract with them, it was after Waking the Fallen, mm-hmm. and luckily our fan base had sold enough of those records, bought sure. enough of those records to where we could go in there and say, you know, we need complete 100 percent creative control. Sure. That couldn't happen nowadays with 360 deals and right. the way that people have, you know, their merch, their touring. No one wants to feel like they're working for somebody, especially when you're in a rock band. Right. When I go on tour, I don't want to feel like the money I make is going to somebody else that can't sell records. Sure. And that's their job. Right. So to <laughs> me, um, being owning Avenged Sevenfold as a band, as a collective, and owning our merch as a collective. Right. And doing our own licensing deals and having our music completely with the label and that's their deal. Right. And we get to write whatever we want. Um, to, we got lucky because true. now, you know, we signed a deal at a time when the industry was crumbling, but it was like one of the last deals to make before 360 deals became a uh, the norm. The norm. Yeah. And now you look at all these bands and it's like, who wants to go on a tour and and not sell records because everyone downloads them <laughs> and give their money from touring to the record label and right. give all their t-shirt sales and just watch that profit just dwindle. Right. That's the only way, that's the only way <laughs> bands make money. Right. You know, and then you're going to force bands to do stupid licensing deals. <laughs> right, and right. And they're going to take some of that. Right, right, right. It's crazy. And I get the labels. They're saying, okay, well, we're doing all these things for your career, but what are you doing for our career, really? Right. Are you going to keep making videos? No. Well, yeah, well, especially at this point in your guys' career where it's just like, you know, essentially at this point, like, because, I mean, you guys have, like, one record left in your deal. One or two, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, I, I mean, after that's done, like, essentially you guys can, you know, create your own machine. Yeah. Like, as it were. And sometimes, I mean, it's, I mean... Honestly, they, our label does so much for us when they don't really have to at this point. Right. Meaning, they don't have us in a 360 deal, but that label is so passionate about us, and it, which is awesome. Oh, of course. I mean, they're good people there. I mean, there's good people that work at Warner Brothers, but I just feel bad for other bands um, coming up. But um, you know, like, like I said, we got lucky that we got out of it before the whole before it became reality that they're not going to sell any records. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that because that was like it took a long time for them to figure that out. Right. right. <laughs> So are you guys in a place where you say, these are our 10 songs, this is our record? And yeah, and they... we've done that on every record. We've had um, them come in to listen to the final product, uh-huh. and that's usually with Andy Wallace mixing in New York, mm-hmm. and it's already, at that point, it's done. Set done. It's done, yeah. That's, dude, that's huge. And that's a lot of, that's a lot, that's our manager, a lot of it's our manager. He keeps a distance between us and them, yeah. and a lot of those people are our friends over there, but when mm-hmm. it comes to writing an Avenged Sevenfold record, 
we, there's nothing to say to us. I mean, sure. we're going to do what we do and we're going to put 11 minute songs on there. Right. And it's going to be a mix between progressive rock and there's be guitar solos. And, right. and if we feel like doing what, taking a shit on the record. Right, right, right. Do, doing, doing some vandals. Shit, we will. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit, we will. But they have confidence in us and, and we. Well, yeah, you have been a proven success. Then. Right, right. Yeah. What's like the common misconception that people have of you guys as a band? Like, you know, would they they think one thing, but then you know, doing like even a minimal amount of research, you're able to find out like, oh, okay, you know, this what I thought is definitely not the case. Like, if there's anything that you guys notice, we hear lots of stuff. Oh, I'm sure people think we're well. You you guys are a very easy target. Yeah, very easy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys wear makeup. Yeah, you, you guys. We used to wear makeup. Right. <laughs> oh, you don't know makeup anymore? Well, I mean, it's kind of been filtered out. I mean, if someone wants to throw on eyeliner right, right. night, it's like, okay. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, in the early days when we were in the hardcore scene, we were doing it way more just because people would hate on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we do it way more. Right. And it was like, then when, like... If you get resistance, you're like, yeah, I'll do this more. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for stuff like that that had nothing to do with our music, we were always game to just fuck around. Right, right, right. right. Like, if people are going to hate on our fake names, let's make them crazier. Right. If they're going to hate on our live show, let's get two fog machines. <laughs> you know? Like, that was what it was about. But musically, we always do what we wanted. So sure. I, I don't want to get that construed like, oh, we write this music just to piss people off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the no. music we've always taken seriously, but live shows and like our attire and stuff like that and like sure. the things we've said are usually just like a conversation we'd have with our friends and just us dicking around oh yeah, yeah it yeah. makes people so upset of course which is fun right <laughs> and um you know like i don't see the guys wearing much makeup anymore but everyone's i can't say they never do yeah oh no no for sure but for sure. people do that people think we're maybe a christian band but then people think we're like Satanists, Satanists, as well. yeah, I'm like sure. Both sides, sure. And then you get people that think we're out of control Republicans, sure, which is not true, sure. Um, and you get people that think a lot of things, but then you have a lot of our fans are really educated about us. A lot of them are, right? That they know more than I think they should or they should. would know. <laughs> but it's great conversation because a lot of times they can talk to you about something, and or you can talk to them about Jimmy, and they know he wasn't just a drummer. Right. That makes me more mad than anything when people are like, "Hey, so what happened to your drummer?" It's like, no, I was my best friend for 18 years. Sure. Not just a drummer. Right. But our fans are really in tune to that. Sure. And they saw Jimmy as more than that, so that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you always have the radio, like the typical radio listener that doesn't necessarily listen to our band that has a lot of opinions, I'm sure. Right, right, right. what Avenged Sevenfold is. For sure. We do what we want to see. Like, I, like I, love, I love bands being larger than life. Of course. But I also love bands that aren't. But our band, what fits for us is we like the over-the-top atmosphere and aesthetic of that right but um yeah but a lot of those interviews and a lot of things that would happen back in the day were just us like sitting there like bored out of our minds like <laughs> really like yeah. so we just start dicking i mean we're all best friends so we just start dicking around sure saying stupid shit that you'd say at a house party right but it doesn't look so cool when it you read it back in print <laughs> it's like in a pull quote like, yeah <laughs> like honestly like how many stupid things and right. like out of control things you said when you're with your buddies sure you know, like, we just be so, i mean you're doing so much press and it's like yeah. Sure, it just gets to a point where yeah, you yeah. get the same questions over and over. You're just going to start like yeah, yeah, yeah. We do just I, trying to make it fun for yourself. And yeah, I, and I, so if we're all laughing, cool. Yeah. Right. And you read it back two like, months later, oh, and you're like, shit. oh man, look what you said. You're, you're like, like, did I did I really say I did like 400 lines of coke <laughs> last night? I I really didn't mean to say that at all in any way. Yeah, and a lot of times it's joking, and they just well, we'll just use. Them. A lot of people, well, I don't know, I mean, like you said, a lot of people are very well-read in your band, so some people may know that you are like a total 
sport nut? Like, would you define yourself as a jock, like, in high school? Like, did you... I mean, I know because of, like, the music you were into, that definitely pulled you away from a lot of those kids. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of those guys um, that were playing sports I was friends with, and a lot of guys that sure. were in the heart... I mean, I, I always remember this. A lot of the hardcore kids were amazing athletes that stopped playing the secret, sure. secret jocks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember James Hart was a great baseball player. Oh, he, yeah. And it, it I, was, Chicago Cubs. I play in a baseball league with Brandon Trapetti. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're all great athletes, and I was a, a basketball player. Right. You know, and and all the guys in the basketball team, there were, the funny thing is when my uncles and all those people were growing up, and I don't know if it's like this at other schools, but Huntington, the, the kids that were into music were friends with the jocks. It wasn't like... This division, division. That's and I think that's what a lot of old school punk rockers get pissed off about is that it's more accepted to be punk or be this or that. And like when my uncle was going to school, he's a punk rocker. Right. He was. Both of them started TSOL, like with Jack and all these really? guys. Yeah. I didn't, and I didn't know that. They were friends with like the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, friends with like. Uh, Social D and all those guys. Sure. But I mean, they would be fighting the jocks or the cowboys at the cuckoo's nest or whatever every weekend, every right. day after school. And when I went to school, it was like, yeah, I play basketball and I play in a punk band. Right. And it was totally like, <laughs> they're, exploded. they're like, oh, well. Yeah. But to, to me, it was always normal. I mean, I quit playing basketball because of music. Sure. So I dedicated my life to it. But then I came back and now I play basketball every day again because you find the things that you really. Enjoy. Yeah, it's like full circle. You're listening to Vandals playing playing basketball. <laughs> exactly. I, I played a round of golf today. I mean, how preppy is that? Right. Exactly. But then I came home and reviewed the new Rise Against record. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then you're sitting down doing a podcast. So it's like, well, how nerdy is that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so do do a lot of people like know that you're super into sports and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, whenever we're in Boston, we poke fun of them because I'm a huge Lakers fan. Oh, it's awesome. And I just have fun with the crowd, and and I'm a huge. I bet they don't have fun with that. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Especially since we're the two-time defending champs. <laughs> but I said it to him last time. I said if Boston beats LA this year in the in the final. Right. I said, we'll play a free show for you. So they got a kick out of that. Wow. That's never going to happen. So. This you're saying, <laughs> especially, especially with the confidence trade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're saying it for, yeah, this, exactly. year, for this year you're saying it? I said it. I already said it when we played Lowell. Oh, nice. And at, first I, at first I made fun of them because the time before we were there, we uh, hadn't won the second championship. I said we were going to. Right. And I came back and reminded them of that. <laughs> got a lot of booze, a lot of Kevin Garnett jerseys in the crowd. That's amazing. And then we got the Beat LA chant. Right. And I said, okay, I'll do, I'll do you one better we'll play a free show for you guys if you guys beat us in the championship so they like that that's would, amazing would you have done it oh well, it hasn't happened yet we will yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. the celtics not going to make the finals but yeah you know. I mean, it's not going to happen but <laughs> that's amazing did you did you and the rest of the dudes talk about that before or no. is that you just no. i was gonna say i was like that seems like something you should be like i'm just riffing i here. think johnny even went up there and said i would normally be pissed about this but we right. know they're not going to win so <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible that's good um and sort of to, I guess, wrap things up, was it difficult? Because I always find it, like, uh, as bands transition to larger venues, because it's like, you know, I mean, when we were having lunch, I was asking, like, what sort of capacity venue? I mean, you guys play, what, like, the 8,000 cap-ish rooms? Like, if you're doing a headlining show or headlining something? Show, Depending on areas, obviously. It's like a, a 15,000 cap, and, we try to, and we, we're trying to sell between eleven and 14,000 tickets. Yeah, which is ridiculous. That's great. That's amazing. That's, I know. I mean, that's, that's, like, that's tough 
for. I get psyched when my friends sell out chain reaction. Like, right. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sell out chain reaction. I'm stoked too. Um, so like, was it as you guys were progressing up? Was it like, was it pretty difficult to kind of get used to those transitions where it's like you were making the leaps? Like, what was the big? What was the most difficult leap for you guys to make? Where it was like, all right, now we're playing this room where we need like twice as much stage show and like that type of stuff wasn't that difficult because i think we were always jamming too much stuff into the stage that we were allotted (laughs) you know what i mean like we were already trying to like be outside of our our memes Uh um with the fog machines and chain reaction right and with like i remember we'd have our own lights and we made them turn off all the house lights because they would just sit there and we'd have a lighting guy so we're like we'll put our own ambiance on this right do our own thing and so we'd do that i mean and then we were trying to do pyro where it obviously couldn't handle it. And we were trying to do, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In these yeah. rooms where the ceiling's like this tall. And it's like, <laughs> but, and you know, now it's very professional. You get the permits and it's all good. Right. But to us, you know, when I, I go watch bands like Iron Maiden, one of the greatest live bands of all time. And it's just so entertaining and fun. And I can listen to the record at home. It's always been my thing. Sure. I can listen to the record at home. I can enjoy a great punk rock band. But when I see us, I want it to be large and live. I want to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And so we try to, and kids are paying money that, they won't pay nine ninety nine for a CD, right? But they're asked to shell out thirty nine bucks for a show. Sure, you know, and so they better get something for that thirty nine bucks. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to run away and pocket it. It's going back into the show. Right. So I wouldn't say anything was a hard transition for us. It's always just gradually. Luckily, it's been gradual. Sure, no one's ever it wasn't said, that jump from. Yeah, chain no one to... ever said, "Hey, you're doing Shane Metallica. Wants you to open for him." That never happened. <laughs> right. You know, it was like even though even though I'm sure people perceive that in some I'm ways. Sure, yeah. yeah it yeah. always went to like a small baby arena of right. like. You know, you're doing Henry Fonda, and then you're doing like, oh, maybe we can do six thousand this time. Sure. And then maybe eight thousand, and then, but if you're doing five thousand people in an eight thousand person venue, you're used to the eight thousand person stage. Right. And then when you do, there's no difference. It's just more seats. Yeah, yeah. The that's stage true. only gets so big. You play at Rock and Ring, and there's 120,000 people. It's the same size size stage as if you're playing in front of six thousand at you know the Forum. Sure, sure. So it's the same thing. It's just uh, some of the the biggest adjustment we had was going from being a band that had just put out City of Evil, mm-hmm. doing like the Henry Fonda glass house size venues. Sure. And then being asked to do European festivals on the main stage. Yeah. That was like a very stale environment. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, because I mean, like when you're playing for 120,000 people, like it's a little difficult to interact with the crowd. Besides like... Yeah, you're so far away. Yeah, you're so far away. It's in the daylight. <laughs> and you're just like... But luckily we had warp Tour. Yeah, to fall back true. on, a lot of times people are like, how do you guys, you guys can go in a club and you can go play in the daylight and you guys have a different show, but it's cool. I was like, well, sure. we played OzFest and Warp Tour for five years. Right. Like, and a lot of you bands have never done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go from Warp Tour, it's like, it's punk rock, let's go, energy, and it's all about your movements and what you're doing. Sure. And then when we play a show it's, that we feel comfortable at, like our show, right. there's a lot of other things going on. Sure. To where you don't even need to move. You don't need to. <laughs> I do, but you don't I need know. to. <laughs> yeah, some bands could definitely just sit up there and call it in where it's like, whatever, we got a bunch of shit behind us. Yeah. So so enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> check, out, check out this screen. We got, <laughs> we got flames, we got movies playing, like whatever. And so, final question for my end of things. The, I mean, I know that you've been delivered a an insane amount of like surreal moments where it's just been like, dude, this is like retarded like how how are we here you know how are we touring with metallica and how are we doing this type of stuff what um what definitive moment did you have where it was like you know when you received a platinum record in the mail or something like that where it was like that moment where it was just like realistically i don't i mean obviously you care what happens to the band in the future but you're just like 
I don't know, man, like this is, this is unbelievable that we've been able to experience this one thing that I was dreaming to do. Even if it's something stupid, like playing, playing with no use for a name or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's not stupid, right? No use for name. I know. No use for name's great. I really like, uh, got, um, I, I enjoy the places we go. Sure. Sometimes I'm like, I wake up and like, Oh, we're in Barcelona and we're playing an arena and it's kids around the block. Sure. Sure. We've never been here. Right. Like the European fans always cease to amaze me with how they even, I mean, how rabid they are and how, yeah. how they like, like what? Sure. But I think personal relationships have been, um, more important to me. Like sitting at dinner with all the Metallica guys after the last Mexico shows, you're sitting there like smoking cigars, drinking tequila, <laughs> eating these steaks at a restaurant that's been closed for hours and there's press outside, right. but Metallica wanted to take us out to dinner because they're cool guys and they wanted the opening band to feel Right, like they were a part of something. They were part of something. Sure. So, I mean, to me, that's surreal. I mean, sitting there talking to Kurt Hammond about <laughs> surfing, you know? Uh, like, it's just, that to me is, like, awesome. Right, right, right. And it's not It's like, like the, the moment, not so much like, this is the biggest crowd we played in front of, but just, like, those little passing moments yeah. where it's like, oh, wow. Like, the, the Metallica doesn't have to do that. And they the fact that they did that. do that, just, yeah. They don't have to do that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they can obviously do whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, they could they could take a private jet right then and there and get back to their families. Right. But they decided to come out and take us out to dinner. Yeah. Awesome. You're like, thanks, guys. And, and to be completely honest, Axel did that to us, too. We played uh, some shows with Guns N' Roses, and you don't hear these stories much. No. But uh, Axel invited us to his backstage. We get to see everything that no one gets to see. Oh, sure. Like, crazy shit. Like, his, like his slaves? And- well, <laughs> dude, well, they're... I, to be honest, there was a, a roasted pig going. <laughs> there was an elliptical and a running thing. All of it's done up like all oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure. I mean, it looked like a king lived in there, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, he is king, actually. Yeah. And we got to hang out in there, and he's just talking to us like super loud voice. Like, <laughs> like he has a super loud voice. It was really... <laughs> just like, then, like jarringly loud? Yeah, like, like I, don't, I can't even describe it. Like, yeah. Very loud. Sure. Like, low and loud. It's funny, because he would strike me as the person that would be, like, in that room, like, fit for a king, and be sitting there, like, on a beanbag with, like, a tea, <laughs> like... Someone's, hey, yeah. Hey, 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 what's up, Matt? Like, yeah. just, I don't know, I just see him, but that's funny that he's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Shadow! <laughs> <laughs> totally. And... Like welcome, he yells, "Welcome to the jungle!" When we come in, no way, no, no. Oh, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I would just turn on a walkway. And be yeah. like, this is the coolest thing I've ever yeah. Awesome. High five. Game over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're done as a band. Yeah. We can break up yeah. now. We're never going to be this cool. Tell me about your rider. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good question. You have any random stuff on your guys' rider that's like green, I have green M&Ms. twelve Pro V One golf balls every day. Really? Yep. That's that's awesome. And they all say seven on them. Shut the fuck up. Because you know they have this new edition where it's like five through nine. Yeah. What do you do with them? Or five through eight. Um, I golf. He plays golf. Throw them at people? What do you yeah, think? He, th- <laughs> he throws them out the crowd. I put them on my rider because I golf a lot on tour and I don't want to be out oh. golf balls. Gotcha. But when In my head, I just thought that you get that stuff like right before the show. And we, well, we do get it before the show. Okay. I get it. So it's for show. tomorrow? It's for the next day, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in my cupboard, I have boxes of Pro V1s. That's cause awesome. Because we were just doing a winter tour, and sure. there was no golfing, so I just saved them all. That makes sense. I mean, it sounds goofy and when I when people like go, like, well, you guys do like some sort of gag with golf balls? Like the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Uh, people get our writer. Mm-hmm. But we all, we you know, the writer's a funny thing because your tastes change, and the guys get a lot of alcohol. Sure. I don't really drink on the road, so I get golf balls, and I have, I have, so to, have, I have to have a room with internet connection so I can play Call, uh, Call, of Duty. Call of Duty. You're like it must have. I must have Black Ops. And yeah, I have a whole. I have a TV 
with you know <laughs> uh, Xbox and everything set up, and we bring in and just like a road case made for it. Oh, <laughs> road case. oh yeah, road case. It's called Fort Knox. <laughs> Inside of it is a uh, iPod dock with awesome speakers and a sub. Sure. It's got DVD player. It's what? got everything set up like Netflix and everything, but it, it has my Black Ops uh, 50 inch uh, like Panasonic plasma, so there's no input lag. Nice. Hardwired in. That's. I think that's amazing. It's just, it, it, on yeah. that note, obviously, it's just the level of commitment that you're just like, this is this is clearly you know, what if I'm doing. Clan battles going on. We don't need. Oh well, someone's gone. Yeah, they have more important yeah. things to do. Nope. Someone's I'll gone. be on after the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Noob sniper sixty nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, oh, I th- I think Matt's almost off stage. Let's wait around for another half an hour, or we'll just postpone the show. Like, yeah. hey guys, we got to go on. Like, nope. Nope. Oh, dude, they always make fun of me because everyone's like, are you playing tonight? I'm like, yeah, I'm on in five minutes. Or are you kidding me? I'm like playing a match and like, and then I'm <laughs> you, done. You, and it's like, I, mean, like it's, I don't know. Like you're doing your vocal warm ups like in the mic, like, hold on guys. La 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 la. <laughs> That's one thing that I like. I make sure I save time to make sure I'm completely prepared for the show. My head's in it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But it'd be easy not to, it'd be oh. easy to sit there and be like, Oh, I'll play a couple more matches. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you play any other games? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I, I grew up playing. Tons of games, and now right now it's all I play. Okay, but Did you play computer games at all? I wasn't a PC player, but I respect it because okay. <laughs> a lot of my clan came from PC. A lot of my friends that work at like Blizzard and stuff now, they're video game like into it. World of Warcraft, they're sure. all PC, so I get to hear about it. Yeah. So I went from '64, like James Bond, mm-hmm. Zelda, Mario. Gold, Goldeneye Gold started it all. Gold classic. Knight, that's what I started us on. Wasn't it reissued? I it is it reissue. Yeah, I was yeah. just at Activision the other day, and they were like, we're going to send you the new reissue. But I won't set up my Wii because it's not HD. Yeah. It's sitting up there, and as soon as I put it on, it's like, why would like, I want to look at this? It's this not HD. This looks awful. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I put on my Xbox perfectly clear. Yeah. Yeah. Build. It's like, it's I've, I moved, and I haven't set up my Wii. Actually, since I've moved twice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's all about presentation. I want my it's stuff to look, look good. crisp. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, if you go to play an Xbox on a non-HD TV, it's just like... I can't even see me. I can't even see your name. What's wrong like, with this? this yeah. Is, yeah, what's the score? Like, <laughs> this is this is basically the epitome of our podcast. This is a first world problem. Yeah. Here we are being like, dude, we don't play games unless it's like 50 inches in HD. Just like my dead formats. Right. Don't need them. <laughs> just like all your laser discs, right? Yeah. We call those DVDs now. I'm just curious about it. Like, it seems like, I mean, I don't know about the rest of the country, but like L.A., I mean, I, the only radio station I really know that would play anything is K-Rock. I mean, were you guys ever embraced by K-Rock? Like, did Backcountry have... You know, we've never really been embraced by K-Rock. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's kind of like a sore subject with the band because we felt like they've really embraced a lot of OC bands, OC acts, and broken them, such as Korn and Offspring and No Doubt. And I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. Sure. It's ridiculous. And they're and they're embracing the dirty heads right now. And, and they've played thrice for a little bit. Yeah. But we, we've had songs that have reacted at rock radio and have been proven at rock radio. And they've resulted in sales. And they still won't play us. That makes, so the fact that you guys can play, you know, do what you do here, I think, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing, though. It's a, it's a little embarrassing because it's like no hometown love. Like, we're bigger in Chicago and West Virginia and anywhere else in the country than we are here. And it's kind of like we're from here, so it's a little weird because people don't understand really the extent of we're on multiple stations in every city yeah. throughout the rest of the country. Here, we can't get one station to play us. So it's, and, and they, they always have an excuse like they're too heavy or the format's changing to this, which I get. It's an alternative station. They're playing Mumford and Sons and Arcade Fire now. Right. There might not be a place for Nightmare. Right. <laughs> 
But in my eyes, there is because we're getting played on this, those stations. Other places. Other places, and it works, and it reacts, and yeah. it researches. So people want to hear it. And I, when we go sell out Verizon Amphitheater, it makes me think you would just get those listeners listening to your station again if you played us. Yeah. But you refused to for some reason. So it's, it's a little embarrassing. It's kind of a sore subject to us. It's like, okay. Wait, and, wait, wait to bring it up, Joey. Well, no, I, I, know, I, know, I, like, I know I'm kidding. I'm what kidding. other things do you regret? <laughs> what are the things that we regret? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I think, but I mean, it, like, seeing like that, you saw Verizon Amphitheater. And they're not. I think it's more embarrassing on like their part. The fact a lot that of people just, say that. You know, they're ignoring it and just blowing it off for whatever reason. A lot of people say that to us, but it still doesn't like make it up for us. Yeah. We're like, dude, I can't even go down the street and listen to us if I wanted to, unless there's no presence here for us, unless it's serious radio. Yeah. yeah. And it's like that's not fair because it's like we know it works. So what's the deal? Yeah. We even did the whole game at the beginning. We play their shows. And they still ask us to play their shows to this day. Really? Please headline Inland Invasion or please play Acoustic Christmas. And we have to say no now. Because why would we ruin a play, charge way too much of a ticket price for a cut-down set of a station that doesn't play us? Yeah. When we can go do a bigger show, a better show, a cheaper show. More bang for the buck. For our fans that don't want to see Mumford & Sons. Right. I don't see you guys doing well together. So the thing is, it's like one of those things where it could be a great relationship. And the label still doesn't give it up on it, but we've kind of parted our ways and said, sure. Sign to K Rock, the right. most KNAC. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> or you guys can go for Coast. Coast, Coast might work. I mean, I guess 98.7 actually played us the other day. Oh, and really? I guess that's another station kind of battling them. And if they were smart, they'd pick it up. Sure, sure. Say, okay, K Rock's not going to play it, we'll, we'll take it.